0: I expect to be here in 2021 and and um you know and, and until until something else else happens. But that's just that's the confidence I have in in uh, in my ability and and uh you know that's how I'm gonna approach these next uh the next few days and really
1: really 2021. Yeah Fire! <laughs> <laughs> And with that, welcome to everybody he's show live episode one forty-five We have so much to talk about. Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Mikey Googs is back, Coach Dave Dixon, Pittsburgh John Coker, who... Absolutely took the Steelers jersey off because Ben Roethlisberger just laid an egg on national television. But we'll get the back to that later because we have our own egg bashers in our own neck of the woods. Okay, uh, but we have so much to talk about. We, this is going to be just an Eagles show. I already know. I mean, I'm already pissed off about you know Ben taking a car, Ben Simmons breaking quarantine again. You know, that's a whole show. I'll get into another time. But we start this show off all the time. We start the things happen, and and I'm very eccentric individual and things happen to me every single day. And I, I write them down. I literally say to myself as a mental note, I need to talk about this. I need to ask you guys something. A lot of people always like to say that, you know, the Burger King show that we did, and it was only the beginning. Okay. But it was organic. And, that, and, and when you think about it, it brought a lot of more people into the conversation. And I want to talk tonight about my run-ins with the launch me counter, and <laughs> I, 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 I I just have to ask, like, you know, and I think you've all been there, right? You're sitting in line, so we go to BJ's the other day, not not the good BJ's, the the wholesale spot, but uh, we we go there and it's already packed, right? So I'm like. I'm going to take a number. So you already get the weird the stink eye because there's like 15 people standing there. God forbid you walk up and grab a number. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. So you grab a number. Then you got the, the woman that's on her phone. She's not paying attention when they call her number. Hey, 65 and they're at like 69 and she completely missed her number, right? But anyway, you ever see those people and I get my number. I'm number 65. Now, number 63 is up there, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to start hunting out what I want to buy, what's on sale, what meat I want. So, I take a couple steps up. So, I take a couple steps up. The guy next to me takes a couple more steps up. I'm like, yo, cuz, I'm just looking at the lunch meat I'm not trying to butt in front of you. We have numbers. There's tickets for a reason. Like, what? Like, don't, they they always act like you want to get in front of them. And then they have yellow tape everywhere that says, you know, social distancing. So, dude's got to get right up to the counter, like, screaming at the top of their lungs like how they want their lunch meat cut. It's just like, it just bothers me. And the other thing that bothers me how do people know the size of the slice like really <laughs> have you like really orchestrated that before you went uh, can I get a seventh in seven eighth inch of a cut on the cheese please on you're, the you're saying that
2: somebody actually asked that question
1: yes like I, I I I had all these all these issues at the lunch meat counter on oh, American and, cheese uh, American <laughs> cheese not even Cooper sharp <laughs> seven eighth of an inch what is that I, I understand. It.
0: Beautiful. That's a connoisseur of lunch meat because they know how to order it to their exact liking. Exactly. Seven eighths of her, or whatever measurement you said. Well, what I, I will I, say. I think
2: John's right. I don't, have, I don't have a problem with that. If the guy's going in, then obviously he's a very peculiar person. You know what uh, I, I get, mean? But I get, did, you, did you start talking smack to him before or after oh. he tried to order? Like where did you start talking to him or did as he was moving up? Well,
1: because Tell us more about that. Well, here's the thing. I sensed it. I sensed that he thought he was getting, like, I was butting ahead of him. Like, we're, we're sitting, in, like, dude, we're sitting in a lunch counter, and BJ's. I'm not in an amusement park trying to cut front of line. Like, I'm just sitting here. I want to look at the prices. And he's, like, he's looking at me. And I say, yo, man, relax. I said, I just want to look at the price. Oh, uh, you know, we got numbers. I know we got numbers. You see my number? I, I'm not going in front of you, dude. Like, And then when they call his number, he's, like, the kid in the background. Like, Miss, Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown <laughs> calling me. Like, he's hurrying up to the counter. Like, relax.
2: Like, I got to say. John on this one, the guy's oh. peculiar. He wanted to get his lunch meat. He wanted to get out. I mean, you know, there's yes. other, there's plenty See, other things that happen when you're what, in line. You're, Prince,
3: you're Florida, Wegmans right? is a free for all.
2: Yeah, now oh. I'm in Florida, but Wegmans yeah. is a free for all. My wife used to tell me all the time when you go up to the lunch meat counter, be careful. It was like a war zone, and this is pre yes. pre COVID. Yes. yeah, and this is pre COVID. Everybody's sitting there, they're jockeying for position. They call the number out once, and you notice. They'll call it out again, but they call the number out like really quiet the next time. It's almost like they want to skip over the number. Did you ever notice that? Because if there's any beef that I have with the lunch meat counter, it's that. It's like 22, and then they look around, and nobody answers, and it's some douchebags on his phone. He's not paying attention, which is usually me. And then she goes again. She goes, 22. And then all of a sudden, it's 23, and then 22 comes running back because he just realizes he has his face in his phone. <laughs> Tons of those things. Those things happen, used to happen all the time. I mean, not since I'm down here because, you know, lunch meat down here just blows. But back up. Is it, back is up, it
3: called back lunch meat in Florida? Or is it no, they don't up? know what
2: it is, man. It's, is, we can have a whole conversation about that. But like you, you go to order, like they got, a, they got a place down here called Publix. And it's nice. like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the Wagmans or the ShopRite or everything else. And Publix is really good. They got a lot of really good stuff, but they don't. There's just a lot of some things that are different in, mm-hmm. uh, in a supermarket down here as compared to, to back in Philly. So they they just don't know, right? So American cheese is like this blocky cardboard shit. It's like orange. <laughs> it's disgusting. And it's nothing really against Publix. I love Publix. It's just they don't – I don't think they put any type of real value into the, the quality of lunch meat that's down here.
3: So my New York friends call it cold cuts. And for cold the longest cuts. time, I'm like – he's like, I I'm going to go this weekend and get some cold cuts and we're going to make some – I'm like – Cold cuts? What,
0: what the hell are cold cuts? Yeah. <laughs> well, growing up, that's what it was like. That's what my grandmother used to say Like when I was real young. She called cold it cold cuts, cuts, too? Cold cuts, yeah. yeah.
2: It's funny because there would be some delis in South Philly that would have the sign cold cuts, right? Yeah. And they would, they would have the sign directly on the deli. And even when I was a kid, i never – it never really resonated on what that meant i never even thought i was just thinking maybe it was like a place to buy chicken cutlets or that's the yeah. only or it's the only time we ever used the word cutlet or cold yeah. or i don't know why i made that weird association but
0: i've yeah. never called
2: them cold cuts See, that's I'm a violation either. actually
0: yeah i i never have issues at the deli counter oh. when i go to bj's i look you know me and my organization so i got my list separated with the first section of stuff, dude. The minute I walk in the door, I beeline right to the deli counter. You're get one of those number, dudes. Get my number. Yeah. I know the half of You're the that guy. Here, yep. I look, uh, dude. If I'm like two yep. numbers away, I know I could go an hour and a half right around. If I'm four numbers away, I could get. I might be able to get that whole section. Get my lunch meat. Bang bang, dude. Twenty five minutes. John, a- you know what that Johnson is? That's a, a violation. Guy. That's a yes. Lie. That's they like know. parking John's a dude and knocking over
1: the Wee's display on his way to get to the lunch. We yeah. 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 Well, on up the down the aisle.
0: No, once I get there, I'm chill. My, I'm I'm happy. I just picked up seven things that were on my list while well, these fools are. No, he's using his time the right way. Yeah. Are no you the kind of guy, guy John,
2: that gets gas at Wawa? Do you park your car and go in and get your coffee uh, and, your shit no. and then come back out? Yeah, uh, that
3: dude. he's got to get beat with nickels. I, yeah. I
2: used to. I used to do that. I used to do that till
1: my wife was like, "You can't do that anymore."
3: No I way. was doing that all the time. That is no the way.
1: worst. Oh yeah, I was that asshole. That, yeah. that's a whole episode, bro. That's that's like when you when you want. I always envision like you know when you're driving and that dude cuts you out and you get that mild case of road rage. You're like, dude, I wish I had like a button on my steering wheel that shot out spikes like a blow this dude's <laughs> tires out like right in front of me, like <laughs> something like Inspector Gadget type shit, man. But now nah, here's the thing, and I just want is the thing with me about lunch meat. Is I am very anal with the way I like it sliced. Now I don't I don't measure it with a ruler, but when I say I want my cheese sliced thin, I don't want it in a brick, like like dude, like like seriously, like I, I, I sometimes I think they miss you know they they misunderstand me when I say sliced thin and they give me sliced thick. Like, I, or they're like, just bro, doing it on purpose because like, they hate it. I, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. I, I, is they're doing.
3: usually good because they'll show you what they cut. They cut and they, and they show you the people there that I have. They're like, well, you like this? Is this good? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine.
0: That used uh, to be the sample you get, man. Yes. Oh, I have a lunch right there. I'd like, yeah. uh, can I have this? Can I taste that? <laughs>
2: well, they used uh, to offer it, but uh, you know, they've been cutting back on expenses. They've been cutting back on expenses. Yeah, so they nope, don't do yeah. it anymore. But you know what? You can't have a piece of thick ham.
1: No. You just can't. Yeah. No. If I want that, I'll buy a Dietz and Watson full ham and make it in the oven. Yeah, I or you'll throw it with. on
2: your eggs for some Canadian.
1: I'm not a, I don't want. I don't want slices of Canadian bacon. Yeah, exactly. Slice the ham thin. Unbelievable. Uh, but, boys, we got a lot of comments already. Trevor checking in. What's up, fellas? Jo- Trevor checking in. John, what happened? Uh, you know, I know we're going to get into that. Al checking in first. Comment has to come from me. Tony, you said it first. Nobody agree with you. You're the man. Thanks, Al. I appreciate that. I am right from time to time. Uh, I blame Ben Simmons for getting me sick. <laughs> Currently sick in bed. Uh, Trev, I hope you're feeling well, brother. Absolutely. Our girl, Jenna, checking in. Eagles looking good lately, huh? Here. Yeah. Here we go now. We're getting to it. John, how's those Pittsburgh boys? Uh, Trevor, check it out and get that info from my brother. Used to work in a deli, it's a good idea, Trevor. Carry. We gotta, yeah, give us give yes. a brother. I'd love, some I'd real love, intel. I'd love yeah. to hear like the, the deli chronicles, man, from a meat slicer. <laughs> oh, Seriously. yeah, because yeah, yeah, they that, probably hate people like us. Oh, I'm they sure, definitely they definitely do. do. They definitely do.
3: They hate everybody. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. There he goes, Andre. Yeah, I know Andre's talking about me. Uh, Al, uh, Rich says it's a block. Yeah, that seven eighths, dude. That's a block of cheese. Uh, nobody wants that. Uh, well, he Jenna did. says Niners getting Justin Fields. You heard it here first. Interesting. Uh, Rich says can slice my cheese <laughs> one sixty fourth of an inch. Sure, thicker. no problem. Oh, I'm telling you. Let man. me let me go around the
2: other aisle and get my bread and the jelly and
1: everything else, and then I'll come back. Exactly. Exactly. Jamar, checking in. What's up, fam? Uh, lunch meat connoisseur over here. I love it. <laughs> got to have the good launch meat, man. Uh, got to have the good launch meat. Uh, but we got to get right into this, man. We we do. Uh, uh, Al said, "Hold on a bit." Beat, beat with nickels, laughing at Dave's comment. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, Jigsaw's angry. I'm always angry. I can't. I, I, I can't tell you. I'm always angry. You guys know that. Uh, but here we go. Stage is set. And I've been talking about this for the last few days. And I, I'm actually tired of talking about it. It's nauseating, and it's so frustrating. It is, and 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 Dave, I told you to get ready to have the floor, and I told all you guys an opening statement. I can't rewrite what Mikey Goog's texted me back when I said that, but it was pretty, pretty pro, uh, pretty poetic, and it was right on point. But we just can't talk about it. Yeah, that's a kid show. Yeah, you right. But what I will say is, before we talk, you know, I did. I had the opportunity. Okay, and I don't know how many people had the opportunity to listen to our, our fearless leader, Jeffrey Lurie, speak the other day, uh, which I don't Dave, no. I don't even know how Dave made it through the day. Okay? I, didn't, I didn't watch it all. Uh, I, I don't blame you. I don't. I don't I watch any what. of it. I can't
2: watch that crap.
1: But before we get into the conversation, I was lucky enough to catch up with Jeff. And, and, uh, you know, me and Jeff talked for a little bit, and Hmm. he recorded a message. Oh, okay. Right. And and we got him on record, and I'm going to give you the message. This is Jeff. He just wants to let you understand what he's thinking going forward. Quick message, 10 seconds from Jeff. Here we go. In these unprecedented times, the one thing I'm really
3: looking forward to is cheering on our Eagles with you at Lincoln Financial Field. You are the best fans in the NFL. No doubt about that. We will get through this
1: together and when we do we'll be right back on that road to victory. I can't wait. Stay safe and go Eagles. There you go, man. That that's Jeff. Like, he he just wants to let you know he's here for us, man. Dave, he's here. He's here mm-hmm. for you, man, he's just fly Eagles fly. Jeff's all about Listen, you heard him. You know, he wants to win, man. He wants to win. He wants to rebuild, get younger. He's hungry, Dave. Dave, talk to me. Opening statement right here. Coach Dave Dixon, Philadelphia Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Rhodes with Doug Peterson.
3: What you got, buddy? I'm going to tell you that Jeffrey Lurie is stealing all of our money. <laughs> and, and he's a gigantic fraud at this point. He's lied to every one of us. And the stuff that I read from his his interview that he said out loud yesterday. It's absolutely, it's, it's does he think we're idiots? Now, you guys, the three of you guys know, and whoever else has paid attention to anything I said, I've been blaming Jeffrey Lurie for the last two months. I might've been the only one that called him out and said that he has betrayed all of us. And now what I'm hearing, he's loyal to Howie Roseman. 10 years or however long, Howie Roseman has been here. I have no idea why this guy comes out clean from all this. I, I Tony, you said it, you said that they were gonna fire Doug and I went, with my, I went with my heart and I said that they were gonna keep Doug and get rid of Howie because that was what I, my heart was hoping for. Because I believe, and I think a lot of other people also believe that Howie Roseman is the true problem to this whole organization but that, that connection is with Jeffrey. So Jeff Lurie is really the problem because he's not seeing clearly that this program is on a deep, dark spiral. And we're going to be in, in football this May for, for several years here, fellas. And, and it's, it's not a quick fix. It's not something that three free agents, one free agent can fix. And I am tired of the media. I've, I've watched two things today, and South Palatonia, who I like, has put the blame on Carson Wentz saying that this is Howie Rhodes or, or Jeffrey Lurie pick between Doug Peterson and, and Carson Wentz. I'm going to tell you right now, that's another lie. What Jeffrey Lurie did was he picked between Doug and Howie. And what I believe happened is when Doug went into that interview – with, with Jeffrey Lurie, he said, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of taking the blame for your guy's mess. So it's either him or me. And you see, and, and I guarantee you, Doug was fine walking out that door being fired because you know why? He was tired of the nonsense. And he will get a head coaching job next year. He will be a head coach of another football team shortly. Before we pick another one is what I think. I could go on, Tony. I'm I'm extremely pissed off. I'm disappointed for our fans. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that our fans should be on a witch hunt for Howie Roseman and for Jeffrey Lurie, and because and and it's they're frauds. They're flat out frauds.
1: Go ahead, Mike. Come on, Goose. Give it to us. The irrational fan perspective. You know, it's I know what you're thinking. we've
2: said this many times we don't know right we can just speculate that's what we do right we have fun I do no research at all okay I just speak from a fan all right yes there's times where I looked at Doug Peterson and I and I just scratched my head on calls that he made things that he's done judgment calls that he's made things like that and then when you look at what Howie Roseman has done for the organization and you look at you know just the horrendous draft picks that he's made and Um, the mess with Chip Kelly, when you really, really peel the layers of the onion back, it just looks like to me, again, this is just a fan perspective, but it just looks like to me that Howie Rose gets protected, and they found the scapegoat in Peterson. And I think Peterson really held back of not saying maybe things that were on his mind or things that he wanted to say, because he just doesn't remind me of that kind of guy that goes against the grain and you know, he's kind of a guy that just kind of goes along with it and doesn't want to cause problems and probably put a little bit too much trust into Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman than he should have, and maybe when he realized that it was too late. The biggest problem I see out of all of this is we don't even know where that power struggle was or what happened, although we can speculate, but the report that came out today that said that it was Carson Wentz that basically said his relationship was fractured with Peterson and then he wouldn't come back if Peterson came back so there's that that's kind of thrown into the mix and then there's the you know the PR stunt show that they spun they spun up really nice by saying that once Doug Peterson said that he wanted to promote press Taylor to the offensive coordinator. And it was at that point that Jeffrey Lurie realized that the Eagles and uh, what the Eagles wanted to do from the Lurie's perspective and Peterson's, they, obvi- they obviously had very different ideas on the overall trajectory of the team, which to me sounds like a total BS PR stunt. It sounds like that they're just trying to pin it all on Doug. And I'm not trying to say that Doug was the smartest coach ever. I mean, there's plenty of times that we looked at him. and We thought he was, like I said earlier, he was just completely clueless and he's lost complete control of the team. But this is a bad move. You know, I, don't, I think that maybe if he would have had more people around him, he would have been better. I think maybe if they would have moved on from Wentz and Roseman, we would have been better. We at least could have looked forward to, you know, the Eagles being broken down and being rebuilt with strong, a different type of foundation, you know, a strong foundation underneath them. And right now, it just looks like a big cover-up and a shit show, and we still don't know who's driving the bus, and so we don't know anything. So, you know, have we really gotten better from firing Doug Peterson? Are we really in a better situation financially with the salary cap? Are they still going to hold on to a broken player like Carson Wentz when you have Jalen Hurts right underneath of him? You have all of these injuries, tons of veterans that aren't coming back, no trajectory on the future, and they have a great draft pick Is how are we going to screw that up? I mean, there's so many question marks right now. So every, like, Dave is right. Fans should be upset. And I couldn't even watch the last couple of games because it was de- I mean it was just depressing.
1: Yep. Not I I completely agree. Uh, and, and as you see, listen, there's so many comments. I would read them all. So I'm clicking them on the screen. So please don't think that we're not reading them. I'm, I'm putting them there for everybody. Uh, you know, Rob Jackson says the dynamic on the Eagles' brass is interesting. I think Doug went in. They're demanding Press Taylor, so there was less voices in the play calling room. Lori is a fake, and Howie is an incompetent <laughs> piece of you know what. Very nice, and, Robert. And I, I, I'll tell you what. You know, and before I get to John, I, I really think there is definitely some credence to that. There's some truth to that statement because, you know, if you're going into your boss and, and, and listen, we we all, you know, whether we're a boss of our own company or we're a boss of our children, you know, when, when you have a meeting with somebody and you already have a direction in mind and you're going to them and you ask them, which is exactly what happened. Jeff said, what do you think, Doug? Well, you know, what way do we and, and, and Doug says? You know, you heard in a press conference that Jeffrey Lurie is treating this as a two-to-five-year rebuild. He wants to get younger. He said that specifically. Okay? Read between the lines. Carson Wentz is gone. Okay? If if you haven't figured it out, you're, you're way behind the eight ball here. And I think Doug went into there. And not only did he say he doesn't think he needs a rebuild, but he wanted to promote all these coaches that absolutely stunk. And so... You know, listen, I, I, everybody wants to say we feel bad for Doug and he got done dirty and whatever. You know what? Listen, Sean said it earlier. The only correct move right here. The only correct move was to fire. Uh, let me get it. Yeah. The only correct, correct move was to fire Jeff, I remember, Doug and Howie. Yes. yes. So firing one doesn't fix the other one. I, it's and, the thing. And, You're in the yes. same
2: spot. If anything, you went yes.
1: backwards. It was completely stupid. And I agree with that. I want, and they didn't do it. They, 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 and it showed the allegiance right there. It mm-hmm. showed the allegiance right there. Um, you know, we got our, you know, our own, our own account checking in. I know uh, I'm not going to say they, but we love it. Doug, Doug will become Rich Kotite 2.0. Howie is awful as well, and Laurie is a meddler. And that's one thing that is very interesting because if you know, I, I, I originally never thought Jeffrey Laurie. Was that kind of owner, and all of a sudden I've woken up, and he's now Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure where this is coming from, and this is a big problem because what coach is want is going to want to come here and work under this kind of leadership? Zero, and, and, right? It's it's a big problem now. Before I get to John, before we get to anything, and this is only a minute long, but Jim Trotter. For, for CBS football, he had a tremendous point. I love it. Listen to this, and John, will get right to you for your point. But he is spot on with his take here.
4: Money isn't good money, and all jobs aren't good jobs. And so you have to do your homework before going into the Eagles situation. I remember recently talking to Vance Joseph about taking over the Broncos job, and he said he didn't vet it properly in terms of understanding where the real power lied and, and, and how much influence John Elway was going to have over personnel. Same thing here, Howie Roseman has so much power in terms over staff members, personnel, all of that. And if you're going in as a head coach, you have to ask yourself whether or not you want to work under those conditions. And look, I'll say this, you know, a lot of folks are on Howie Roseman right now, and deservedly so. But to me, Howie didn't hire himself and Howie didn't empower himself, the owner did. So clearly, Jeffrey Lurie has made a decision here about who he trusts in this situation, and it's Howie Roseman. If Howie Roseman wants to pick the coaching staff and the players, then go ahead and let Howie Roseman be the head coach, in my opinion, because it's going to be difficult for any head coach to succeed long-term under those situations. That was spot on. Thank you,
3: Jim Trotter. That that, That was spot on. I've been saying (laughs) Jeffrey Lurie's been the problem with this. And listen – you wanted to, Tony, you wanted to get rid of Doug. I really yes. didn't have a problem with that. I wanted to get rid of Howie because, to me, you, you have 32 teams in the NFL, right? The teams that are left this weekend, you look at their structure. You look at their GM structure. You look at their coach relationship. And, and it seems to be solid from there on down. That's how successful programs work. Our program will not work. Coaches, you know what coach you're going to get. You're going to get a first-time coach, right, that doesn't know any better, that is going to come in here and be a puppet. That's how it's going to go. That's why you're going to be an NFL football black hole until Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie figure this out and get rid of Howie and get a football guy. But what
2: if Jeffrey Lurie says it does work, Dave? Howie won a Super Bowl, and Howie keeps telling me to hang in there because he did it once, he can do it again.
3: The, the Super only- Bowl
2: was the—I hate to say it, but it could be the worst thing that ever happened because this guy's going to be in here 10 years selling Lurie that crap. Yes. Well, listen to me.
3: Your head coach that you just fired won a Super Bowl without a starting middle linebacker, without a starting left tackle, without a starting quarterback, and he made the playoffs three out of the five years that he was here, and you just fired him. So you can't tell me that the Super Bowl— was the be-all, end-all for this program because you just fired a coach that got you that that never happened here in this city. So,
2: but because the Maybe they don't think it was on him, though. Maybe they think it was Howie that put this roster together, that Howie's the genius. Look, whatever How he Howie is or whatever he's doing, you're right, Dave. 100% it's Lori's fault because it's Lori's club. Sure. But he trusts Roseman for whatever reason. And, yeah. you know, I guess whatever Roseman did, and we could say, well, you know, there was a lot of influence with Joe Douglas there. They made a lot of good free agent signings. They had a lot of luck. I mean, obviously, you need a lot of luck to win the Super Bowl, and trust me, we had plenty of luck. We had Carson bowling out. We got the first round by because of the way Carson played. He was playing out of his mind until he was injured. We did get a lot of lucky breaks, but end of the day, maybe he's looking at Peterson, and maybe you're right, Dave. Maybe they think he's just he was just a puppet all to begin with, and Roseman was the one pulling the strings the whole time. Maybe you're
3: right. Well, I mean, listen, Jeffrey and Howie's connection are going are the demise of the program. That's for sure. You just, you just named Joe Douglas. Now, out of that Super Bowl run, how many people in the program are left? Deuce Staley, right? The other puppet that gets talked about, about being the next head coach. That, that would be an interesting thing. Another puppet walk in here and be the head coach of this football team. Never good enough. And, and no one feels sorry for Doug Peterson. Tony, I mean, at least no one that I know of sitting in front of us. I don't don't feel feel sorry sorry for for Doug.
2: Doug. Doug's going to go
3: get another job where maybe he gets more power and they actually allow him to be himself.
2: Let me take you back a little bit, all right? Just so I can bring us all back to baseline. Remember when Peterson was hired and remember when we won the Super Bowl. Remember what we all said. Thank God we took Peterson and not that other bonehead. There was three or four boneheaded candidates. Who was it? Yes, these guys. Ben McAdoo. McAdoo. Thank you. That's. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't remember. Everybody wanted Ben McAdoo. That was it. It was like, oh, we have to get this guy. He's the next coaching phenomenon. Could yeah. you imagine the disaster that, well, you know what, maybe if Howie was calling all the shots and it didn't matter who was there, uh, maybe it would have worked. I don't know. But we were all saying when we won the Super Bowl, that thank God it was that it was Doug that was there and we didn't take one of these other stiffs.
1: Crazy how things change so fast, man. It, it is. It is. Uh, Brian seconded and says, are we really sure Wentz is gone? Lurie and company moved off twice to get Wentz. They gave him input on the offense, even some input on the offensive draft picks in, in just year two. Then Wentz butted heads with Doug. Doug is gone, and not saw Wentz is gone, not at all. I listen. I'm gonna go right to John here. He's been the silent assassin behind the microphone, just taking this all in. I, you know, he's had a rough weekend, and and he's the guy who said he would take Wentz in a heartbeat with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, John, just the Eagles as a whole, and just a comment like that, so Wentz is gone, man. What are you thinking over there?
0: You know what? I don't read anything into anything till it happens. All right. It, Peterson's job was safe week 16, all of a sudden he's canned, all right? And there's there's nothing given. And, you know, who knows the way that it's going to play out? You know what I mean? Even, even on this show, we talk about it. You know, I think it's open quarterback competition. You don't know what teams you could shop to you know, with this, like with the salary implications and the cap implications, I mean, with the signing, you don't really know. Yeah. Maybe you could get a a team that really wants him and thinks that they could resurrect him, you know, and pay a little more, but like you're not getting the name value and, you know, worth of them. So with that being said and seeing a five game sample of Hertz, why not have an open, open competition? Right. Um, but you don't know. That's not to say if you want to get rid of them, that's fine. It's not going to be easy to find a trading partner.
1: No, it's not you, going you, to be easy. You don't know that. Uh,
0: dude, t- look, t- there's probably 10 teams, at least 15 teams, that have a starting quarterback that they're, co- that they're committed to. There's going to be another handful coming out in the draft. Okay. I would even go more than 15. I mean, and then of those remaining teams, how many are actually going to pay up for Wentz? If they're not a good team, they're not going to fork their money over for a guy that could be washed up. So the market really isn't there.
2: He might, John, you might be right about that. I don't really consider that. I mean, there's still a lot of question marks unless it's all in the league. Everybody knows that it's not Wentz. Wentz has got talent. He just has really bad coaching around him. Who knows what people think?
1: Yeah, well,
3: well, you have you right. have professionals like the guy that just came on here that said things along the line, like you're not going to get a coach to come into this situation. So what coach is going to come find, in here? They'll find
2: a coach, Dave. You know that. They found coaches listen, for, find, for
3: the – they'll find they'll, one. They'll find a coach. That doesn't make him capable of fixing Carson now. Let possibly. Me is,
2: but but let, me, let me throw something at you, Dave. That's a good point, but possibly – like Tony mentioned, Daniel Snyder, right? I mean, it was like a running joke to play for this guy, to a coach for this team, right? And then all of a sudden, he, did he get smart? And he brings in like a, re, look, we're going to call him a retread, right? But he brings it, and we've had this conversation on plenty of episodes. There's only a certain handful of people that could lead a team of multimillionaires and keep them all focused on the same goal without the whole shit melting down. I'm sorry, but that has to be a, a collective personality that there's, just, there's, there's a reason why there's only a small group of these guys. So he brings in Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's no idiot. He knows exactly who he was coaching for. Maybe, maybe Snyder learned a little bit and backed off. We don't know what, what happens in the inner workings of that organization, but whatever they're doing,
3: it's showing some success. I know Daniel Snyder changed his GM multiple times to, yeah, get, for it, sure. to, to get it right. Yeah, so no, he did. Say, say what you want about Daniel Snyder. The guy spent money, number one. And number two, he, A lot changed, of money. Coaches. he <laughs> changed coaches and he changed GMs until he seems to hit. I mean, everybody loves Ron Rivera, don't they? I think the whole NFL loves yeah, for Ron, sure. Ron, Rivera, yeah, love Ron Rivera. Yeah, very
2: So respected.
3: Look what they have done. They have got draft picks right. They've drafted all four defensive linemen, our number one draft picks. They got a defensive coach. They picked another head coach to be a defensive coordinator. the The Washington Redskins have <clears throat> hit on draft picks, except for Haskins, right? Okay, so that, that was a big problem. Yeah, but but
1: that, yeah, but yeah. That, uh, inherited Haskins. Right? Okay,
3: so my point to this Good is point. is that the owner has seen his flaws, got got replaced GMs almost as much as he replaced socks until he figured out that he got a guy. In here to do the good a uh, good job. Well,
1: you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of a, a lot of stuff behind that as well. I mean, listen, I've been on record on this show many of times and said we could say whatever we want about Jeffrey Lurie. The guy spends cash, okay. And, and it's listen, w- he doesn't spend it; he gives it to Howie to spend, and Howie's just spent it in the wrong spot at times. So eventually, eventually, Jeff is is going to get annoyed with that kind of concept, but. To say Jeffrey Lurie has spent money, I think, is irresponsible uh, because we've never always. Now, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying a lot of people were. You know, I, I'm not going to say Jeffrey Lurie's a bad a bad owner in that perspective. Okay, he will learn. Okay, he will learn. And, and a lot of these things coming out, they they are scary. Okay, I, I like. I want to go back into tons of comments, but this is one. Uh, Al checks in. Banner just posted. That, that Jeff would have never done this without already having a coach in place and I agree. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And we're gonna get Lincoln into this later. And and that guy to me is Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we, we can say what we want. Oh, really? You think so? You think they're going to go on the Chip Kelly route again? Yes, I yeah. do. And I think you know. And, and, and I'm not saying I agree with it. Listen, I I've been on record. I was on record today. I was on Fox Sports at Gamble on the final judgment segment, and I said I think they should be looking at a guy like Todd Bowles. I think they should look at a guy like Todd Bowles. Andy Retreat uh, but <laughs> he is, but he's not. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't give me Mike Kafka. Don't give me oh that name. God. I want to put my head through a freaking wall. If you tell me Mike Kafka, give me a break. Okay? You might just let Chase Daniel be a freaking coach. Okay? But my thing about Todd Bowles, he's a leader of men. Okay? Yeah. And and you bring that Todd Bowles because he – listen, he got a raw deal in New York. That wasn't his fault out there. Okay? And, and and he actually won nine, ten games. Okay? So give him, say what you want about Todd Bowles. Okay? The man knows how to coach in the NFL. Bring, if you want a flashy guy – then bring a flashy offensive coordinator in here. Bring the new college guy as an OC. But I just think that Jeff, okay, and, and I don't know if Lincoln Riley wants this job. And I'm not saying Lincoln Riley is the guy for this job. But it's not going to be Deuce. It's not going to be Eric Biannimi. It's not going to be any of these guys. You know, they really like the defensive coordinator for San Francisco. But I think they're I think they're a little late for him. Okay? And don't give me Dan Quinn. Don't give me one of these stop. guys. Stop. Right? Stop. stop. Right. Exactly. Just, just stop,
2: stop that stuff. Stop. Don't even right. say that. Exactly. God forbid. Exactly. That, that he is a complete stiff. We do not want him. I agree. But what makes you say that no Eric be enemy? I'm curious on that.
1: What's your thought process, I, I don't want anybody in front the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, I know you don't. But I, I, what what I see, and I go back to, to Dave all the time on this, is um, – you know, Lurie is just that kind of guy that's sort of stuck in his own ways. Lurie and Andy Reid is—they uh, had this bromance from the beginning when Lurie bought the team, when Andy Reid came in and pitched him on why he should be the coach. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of history there, and I think he trusts he trusts Andy Reid. And if Andy Reid comes out and says, "Hey, you know, uh, you listen to me about Peterson, it was good for a couple of years. He won you a Super Bowl. This is the next guy,"
1: you know, I th- I think Andy might cut Jeff off. Mm-hmm. Andy might be like, "Screw you, bro! I gave you Peterson, and you did him dirty." I, I think he might cut him off. I, I, well, I think Eric is looking at this situation, saying, "I want no part of it." Eric Bieniemy was—he's going to go to Houston. Yeah. I, he, he's going to be Houston Texans coach. Yeah,
2: because Andy Reid might say, "Stay away from that shit, Joe." Yes. You know, yeah. I had 14 years of it. Doug only lasted yeah. five. You don't want to go there. That's that's uh,
3: possible too. Well, that that's how they work, right? And and actually, uh, Kafka was blocked from being interviewed. Uh, because of Andy, he, he did that, I'm pretty Kafka. sure, last, last year. But that listen, Tony, Kafka fits him anyway. their mold. Kafka fits their mold. It's a young guy that they can impress. <laughs> Poor guy.
2: Look at this stiff. Put him back. <laughs> Look at this guy. I That's mean, you're telling me that his go, plan right. was to go into Lori's office and say, this is our new offensive coordinator. Yes. And we're let, supposed let me, to believe let me that? It
3: to you this way on that. We're
2: supposed let, to let believe me. that bullshit? I don't yes. believe that. Listen, listen look, look at this, this guy. He's a joke. He's a friggin' joke. Come on. Stop. Stop. Even Peterson isn't that dumb to do that.
3: Well, here's what I think. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh.
2: You know what? This is you know what? This is just if anybody is trying to figure out how much pain we have as Eagles fans, look at that. this picture paints a thousand words. Yeah. Just look at it.
1: Yes. It, it, that's I where mean, we are right
2: now. It, there. That's
1: exactly where we are. That should have been the telling point right there when Doug got got a, was able to answer two questions, and the first time we started talking, they couldn't even get the audio right. Uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I uh, can't you <laughs> hear. <me? laughs>
2: we got some. We got some ice cream. Peterson looks like he's been <laughs> through a war zone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just he just looks defeated. How could you not feel bad for him, man? My god i'm sorry wow. dave i had to guess. just just, oh. just wow
3: no I, i'm just saying this is this was press tail you brought that up this is my spin on that and obviously you know that we we have no idea mike you talk about that all the time we really don't know it's fun but to guess it's it, so here's here's my perspective and my <clears throat> thoughts on how that went doug just got his his legs cut out from him from the last couple years of the coaches he wanted Okay, And the guys that they brought in, Morningweg and Press Taylor and whoever else, (laughs) out of all those guys, Doug took this guy and said, you know what? He's a young guy, offensive coordinator. Who really cares? I'm calling the plays anyway. All right. Right? So he went into them and said, I want to keep these guys. These are my coaches that I want on board with me. This is who I want to go forward with. Just, to, just maybe to see what the answer was. That's, that's what I believe. I believe he went in there with a game plan like Tony talked about and, and, and see, you know, throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks, in other words. And it, it, this is what happened. See you later, Doug. <laughs> but but think
2: about it. Maybe you're right, but think about it. I mean, the regression from Wentz, because Press Taylor was the guy that was supposed to be working one-on-one, to develop Wentz. They put Press Taylor in charge of a $100 million asset. And this guy, not he failed, miserably failed, and then I'm just supposed to believe that Peterson actually went to the owner of the team after the regression of their star franchise player and said, "Uh, Press Taylor needs a promotion, boss. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. That's bullshit spun by Howie Roseman's PR department. I I don't believe
3: it. How he did Chris get here? I'm pretty sure that they. I don't think Doug brought him in.
2: <laughs> you should just leave it up for the rest of the show because every time I see this guy, I, you know, I just feel like uh, I don't know walking into a payless or something. Uh, I don't
1: know. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't. You're, I right, don't you're right, Dave. You might be right. I mean, Dave, you might be right. You might be right, Mike. I think uh, it's a conspiracy theory. You, you know, prepared, I love but, him. But, but at the same time, I I've always said and I continue to say that dogs a dope. So I, yeah, I he's, a, right? he's
2: he's not no, he's not the sharpest pencil.
1: Say, say what you want. We, we we can't just say. And here's the thing: we cannot just continue to say that, you know, just because Doug won a Super Bowl that he can't be fired. Okay. And you know what? For sake of argument, can somebody please go with me now down to the to 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 the. Uh, to Lincoln Financial Field and go to the Wells Fargo Center so I can rip the freaking statue down of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. I mean, seriously, can we get rid of that now? I mean, like, like, like I you don't, won, you're, you're, you're I don't think you can. Tu- I don't think
2: you can touch that.
1: Where are you going with that? That you can't. No, that's I'm like done. The, you, you can't because touch it. You know it. why? Because Nick Foles doesn't deserve a statue, man. I'm sorry. Oh, now,
2: oh, no, 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 bro. no, bro. What, what is going on here?
1: No. Really? You no, really don't I think. That? He he, you're a backup quarterback. You, won you the, don't deserve you won a, a the statue. Only,
3: you won the only trophy that our city's never seen, and you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I want to take the
1: statue down.
2: Why? All right, let me Do ask, you, know. this. Why, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's get into the Philly special really quick, okay? We should, and we should have queued up the face of Peterson when Foles called that play and not, and, and not Peterson. Uh, Foles uh, uh, called that play. Exactly. Absolutely. I don't know, man. Okay. Foles made some big. I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, he stepped in. He didn't. He, he, it was a team effort. You know what? You know what? When I think about it, Mike, they shouldn't have put. They, should, they didn't put Carson there. They should. Exactly. They don't, if you do if you put, exactly.
3: you're right. I guess. Think it's how a, it, think how dysfunctional that is. I saw that on Facebook today. Talking to your kid in 20 years or your grandkid when you're walking know, to the game and you see that statue and you explain to them, "Oh yeah, these two guys won us a Super Bowl," but but the, he did. Uh, but Foles got dude, it
2: done. Foles two got years, and, 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 Wait
1: a Two minute.
3: years after that, we got rid of the quarterback, what? and three years after Whoa.
1: that, we got rid of the coach. Hold <laughs> on for a second. And you know what the kid says to you, Dave? Ah, yeah, so Nick Foles, uh, how good of a quarterback was he? Where else did he play? What did he, he do after enough, that? He was good enough that day. Right? So if Chase Daniels won a freaking Super Bowl, we could have put a statue up of Chase Daniels? I mean, come on, man. Who put the statue the up of a backup quarterback? This goofy I mean, city does. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's a slap in the face. Nobody
2: place. was Everyone saying it team. when we won. It was the greatest day in the, in 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 our in the history of Philadelphia sports, and the Eagles finally won that Super Bowl. Everybody was anointing, you know, Saint Nick. Nick is Nick this, Nick that. Statue yeah. went up three years later, four years later. BDN. Peterson's canned. Everybody forgot.
1: BDN. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, at the BDM. end of the day. BDM. BDM. But you know what? I, I I know it's a topic for a different day. Let's let's stay on focus. And I will say, because I want to get to this it, comment. It's an interesting
2: point, Tone. Oh. I never thought about it. It's I, very dysfunctional, and I never really thought about it. It's yeah, a very interesting point. We, we, we need to revisit this topic.
1: Yes. Yes. We, we really do. There's so many more people that should have had a, a statue instead of those two guys. I'm sorry. It, you, you're, honestly. I, I it, Listen. We'll, we'll get on the other day. So, Sean mentions Brian DeBoli. As fixing Wentz like he did Josh Allen. So I'll I'll give you the name of this entire thing that I think is the sleeper out of everybody. And that's Brian Gable. And I really, really like where that search would be going. But I don't hear his name enough. Here's a guy who is learning under Sean McDermott who is, again, he's from that Andy Reid tree, but also the Ron Rivera tree. Okay, McDermott's learned from a lot of big-time talent, a lot of historic coaches, and he is doing justice out there in Buffalo. And I think this is the kind of hire that you look at. You know, and and you look at a guy who who can call – a a a very productive offense. You want listen, you heard Jeffrey Lurie. He wants an elite offense. That's what he said specifically in that press conference. Elite. Okay, Lincoln so rather. you're right, you're not getting a defensive coach here. As much as as much as I still think Todd Bowles get a chance, you're not getting a defensive coach here. He wants an elite offense. So he wants the next Kyle Shanahan. And I'll tell you what, you know, let let's go back real fast. And because everybody's spot on, Mike, you were spot on. Dave, you were spot on. Sean, you were spot on. When you say you hire, you fired Doug and Howie both. And the, the reason why is look at what has happened in Las Vegas. What you do is you start fresh with a brand-new guy in John Gruden and a brand-new GM in Mike Mayock. And you take two guys to revitalize that franchise, not one against the other, two guys. That's how you rebuild. And, and look what they're doing out there. That's what we should be doing here. And for Doug – or not Doug, for, for Jeff to talk about I, – I brought this up earlier – is, is there a reason why we're the only team in the NFL that always has to wait for our players to develop? Like, we can never get a draft pick that ever plays the first year. You, you heard that in Jeff. Uh, yeah, well, you know, let's not just talk year to year. Let's talk about, you know, further down the line, we don't know where these guys are going to be. Are you, listen, your number one pick in Jalen Rager, say what you want, didn't know he had to go on the field. Jalen Riker didn't know what play to run. He didn't know what route to run. Say what you want. And if it is true that he had input in wanting to get J.J. white whiteside if this was Jeffrey Lurie's pick, that's a major, major problem, okay? and this, And, again, like you said, Dave, this is not going away anytime soon. Anytime soon. It's really not. It's very disheartening. We came into this year and we were not expecting to have this kind of issue. We came in this year thinking we were going to contend. We came in this year thinking that we had a solid team and a franchise quarterback, and now we have zero. Now we have a team, right? We have zero. We have no coach. We have no quarterback right? Because as much as, so, yes, I am all in on Jalen. I think Jalen is the next guy. I don't know how good he's going to be, but I'm all in on him as being the next guy for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's the direction you take. But we still don't know. We don't know what our offensive line is going to look like. We don't know what our defense is going to look like. And let me just say this last before I go on one of you guys because I, I actually have to take a drink. But why was it that Malcolm Jenkins of all, Malcolm Jenkins a true leader it, on and on the on and off the field, I did not see one tweet from Malcolm Jenkins saying Doug got done dirty. I did not see one tweet from Malcolm Jenkins that said, "Well, Doug, he's my coach. I go to battle with him." What I see was Deuce is the guy. What I see was Deuce is the next man up. I, I my my confidence is in Deuce. This is a problem because what that says to me. Is all these theories about Doug being the voice in the locker room and him leading the locker room and everybody loving Doug, just maybe, that's not very true. So there's more reasons than just Doug wanting Press Taylor to be the heir apparent to be the offensive play caller. There's a lot more things for us to unravel here. So... I, you know, John, you, you're always the voice of reasoning, and you have your own issues over there. Okay, we watched a, a team that we thought, and you, I'll give it to you. I have to say this before I let you talk. You were spot on because when I came on here and said, man, Steelers 11-0, what are they going to And you said, whoa, whoa, I'm not getting too excited. We still got a lot of problems. We have a lot of problems on offense. We have a lot, of, you know, injuries can happen, and everything did derail. Everything. So, 100. You were spot on. So, taking that in perspective and seeing this situation, man, what, what, you know, what do you see? You just watch a quarterback throw 68 times. His my arm would fall off. I don't even know how he continued to throw the ball. Uh, it was ridiculous. But they still lost. So, John, what 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 kind of wisdom can you give us over there? Wisdom with your yes. coaching situation. Yeah, give us some wisdom, John. Give us some wisdom. What are you thinking here, man? Where where does this go? I I have, I don't know, but I did say after
0: week sixteen or after week seventeen, after the fourth quarter benching. So I guess it would have been last week's episode. I said I would not be surprised if that's the trigger for him out the door, and I really do think that had. You just talked about you know Malcolm Jenkins, and does he have the locker room? And I think that Week 17 game, uh, putting in Sudfeld really, – look, if he's, if you're teetering on the fence, I mean, and now you just lose some of your, you know, your main guys, your horses are now, like, thinking against the coach. And then you come saying, I want to promote Press Taylor or whatever, and they're not happy with that plan. So, look, and, and the other piece of it is, um, look, how we <laughs> – Jeez. Howie Howie might look Ugh. if Howie convinces Jeffrey Lurie that Doug gotta go because of all that. Look, Lurie interviews most of them. All right. what are we doing here, guys? Like this wasn't a good year, so it's stunk. What are we doing? Howie goes in and says, Yeah, you know, I don't know. he who knows what he says. Doug goes in and says, Well, after losing the locker room, yeah, press Taylor and uh, and I bet you any money that um, Howie Talked to him ahead of time and just kind of got a bug in his ear. And Jeffrey Lurie's like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay, Howie, yeah, that sounds good. We'll get rid of Doug." And because they didn't like his plan, so I think he's out. That's what it is. Now, uh, why Laurie or um, Howie still there? I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Lurie was afraid to get rid of. His two rocks, I don't know. I don't know how close he is. Maybe he uses one of them as a crutch, whichever one's there is the longest. Who knows? That's a good point, John.
2: It's just something we talk about a lot either. I mean, we we did bring it up in previous episodes, but we said, you know, we were throwing away hypotheticals like we tend to do a lot. And we said, look, we don't know the relationship between Laurie and Roseman. We don't know if Laurie goes in And tells Roseman, you know, all his personal stuff. We don't know how he's doing a lot of personal stuff outside of what we know for him. He could be a very close confidant. It seems that the relationship's a lot stronger because ten years. anybody, anybody that screwed up the draft picks that he did. And again, I understand because Tony's going to come back. He brings me back to baseline with that. He said, listen, you know, you can't look at it like that because other teams passed too. But we don't pay our people to consistently blow draft picks. OK, and he is he has lost a hell of a lot more than he's won on the draft board. All right. He's not good. OK, and that drafting and the poor drafting affects franchises for a long time. You're talking years, years to recover. I mean, if you think about it, and I'm not saying that we would have. OK, but if you really think about it, our wide receiver core could be crazy. They'd be crazy, ridiculous. We could have literally had Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf. Now, again, who knows? Some of the other foundational issues may have uh, prevented the Eagles from having the success that that uh, Seattle had with Metcalf and, and and maybe what Minnesota had with Jefferson. But on paper, it would have looked pretty pretty amazing, you know. And maybe some of those other players don't get hurt because the offense is spread around and it's actually functioning like a competent offense. So there's tons of different things that you can say in terms of hypotheticals of what if or what at, and I guess it's pointless to do that, but at the end of the day, the guy just blows draft picks one after the next, and the Mr. Uh, Joe Banner school of bean counting completely fucked up the salary cap. So what is he doing?
3: (laughs) Mike, I could kiss you right now. Why is
2: he here? What is he doing? What value does he provide? He's hurting the organization. The guy yeah. just hurts the organization, and now the Eagles have a rep that nobody wants to work with them. Yeah. I'm for sure. You know what, Tone? I don't know what's going to happen in terms of coaching. All right, you, you guys all made interesting points on who they're going to get, but they have brought an interesting point up too, and he said Puppet. Okay. I would not be surprised and this is nothing against Deuce Staley. Okay. He may be an amazing coach. He may have it may be his turn. He's not the guy one because I don't think he'll do it at all. Okay. I think it's a, a complete failure and and for no fault of Deuce. I just don't think that, you know, he has uh the, you know whatever he needs in order to succeed with these two guys pulling the strings. I don't think it would be good. I just don't think he's the right guy. Okay? Well, but again, I don't know anything. But it wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised tomorrow morning if we wake up and they announced Deuce Staley or somebody like like that as the new head coach. Deuce Daly w- has survived.
3: Me. Deuce Daly has survived Chip Kelly. He has. And he's now Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah. And and he's he's been there. He's survived all the other offensive coaches that have been whacked, right? And and he is a yes guy. There's only a, there's only one way to say that. And listen, I love Deuce as a player. I thought Deuce was an excellent football player for us. I, I appreciated his lunch pail mentality. But the the issue, 10 years, or around 10 years, I could be wrong, Howie Roseman has been in this program. You've got rid of football guys like Lewis Riddick we brought up. Tony mentioned him. Joe yep. Douglas, Chip Kelly. You say what you want about Chip. Obviously, we all do, but we were drinking the juice, and he's considered a football guy. Doug Peterson, is. you say what you want. The players that did say some beautiful things about Doug, they did love him. He's a football guy. They're all gone. They're all gone. And who's left? Howie Roseman. Howie is the linchpin that is, is going to keep us from being successful.
2: He, hold, he holds massive, massive influence over Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah. Massive. You
3: go, you go back to that Super Bowl team and you look at our ability to have depth. <clears throat> We, we, we had depth at different positions, and it was built up because of prior drafts that, that Howie wasn't a part of. Chip Kelly was a part of, and before that, Andy Reid was a part of. Okay, So what you lack now is the ability for a coach to come in here and actually have depth at positions. You are building from scratch, and you're asking Howie Roseman, who sucks at the draft, and a new coach that has never coached in the NFL before to build our program together. It's I'm not sure, likely.
2: I'm sure that Marcus Smith pick was a Roseman pick. I'm sure mm. it was. Mm. And I remember when that happened, when Chip Kelly was out and there was just, you know, everybody was pointing a finger and all. it was all Chip Kelly. But when you think about who Chip Kelly drafted, okay, think about it. He drafted. Uh, Zach Ertz, he drafted Lane Johnson. Um, Who else? Look, I know Aguilar was. uh, I know. I I know Aguilar was horrible. I killed Aguilar. He's obviously a good player. Whatever was here, he couldn't get it going. He goes to the Raiders. He does really well. He did have a big 2017. Um, So you know, he did provide value. All right, I'm, I'm not saying I'll give Aguilar a pass, but. Chip Kelly drafted some pretty good players for the Eagles. And, you know, there's still players that were, I think Brandon Graham was drafted from Reed, right? Fletcher Cox was drafted from Andy yeah, Reed. Yes, a lot. Yes. Jason Kelsey was Andy Reed. So, yes. you know, when you talk about foundations there, it seems like the foundation was, you know, laid down from, from, those, uh, from drafts that maybe Howie Roseman didn't have
3: much influence over at all. He, and, and, and that's my point exactly, Mike. And, and now our franchise is left up to this guy, Redoing our cap, which he destroyed, right? And now he's going to be responsible for building our football team through the draft and picking our next head coach. Thank you very much.
2: So so if that's the case, and to us it seems crystal clear what the issue is here, right? What is Lori not seeing? I mean, there has Loyalty. to be... So- yeah, but loyalty is one thing, right? Because if you're saying that you want to take the team in a different direction and you're getting rid of the head coach, I mean, it seems like Lori keeps sticking his his fingers in it. Look, it's his business. It's his team. He can do whatever he wants, okay? But it seems like, as Tony said, that Lori was never involved in the day-to-day operations. And then now it's like this mini Jerry Jones is being created and he's really getting involved. How about this for a theory, since we're throwing out some crazy theories? How about... Laurie is the one screwing all up, and he just uses Howie as a proxy because he knows Howie will take the abuse, get kicked in his teeth, and cover for him. Nobody ever floated that theory,
3: but I was thinking about that. I love that. You never know. Because that that feeds right into me saying that Jeffrey Laurie is one of the biggest blames. That's Howie.
1: (laughs) That's Howie. (laughs) Exactly.
3: It's a great point. It's It's a great
1: point because you never know. You never know. You never, it's, never. Know. It's
2: super frustrating. Let me let me ask you guys, and let's start with John. Let me just float this question: Where, if and I'm going to ask John because he's you know he's a hometown guy, but he's not really an Eagles fan, what would you do now? Like, if you had influence, if you were the GM, right? Where do you go from here as the Eagles right now, right here in the situation that you're in? What's the first thing or two that you address?
0: Well, is, does that mean that Howie's locked in?
3: No,
2: well, let's the just GM. pretend you're Howie. Uh, uh, oh, okay. well, let's pretend. Yeah, let's pretend that you're. Uh, yeah, well, Howie's locked in. He's not going anywhere. There's no point to say he's going to get fired because whatever that guy could kill yeah, people. He's not right. going to get fired. Okay? Uh, we all know that.
0: I mean, I don't know. Truthfully, it's basically. I think. I think whoever posted that's right. He has the keys to the car. I think he's. He could get Lori to agree to whatever he wants. He's just – I think he's just smooth-talked him or connived him. I don't know. I just have a feeling that's what that relationship is, so how he can do whatever he wants right right now. At least that, to me, is his mindset. So what's in his best interest? That I don't know. I know they want to win some games. So I, I think you go for the best – the offensive coach that gives you the best chance of putting up some stats. And I don't think um, the the Tennessee coach that has revitalized Tannehill. Tannehill was in the doldrums of Miami with Adam Gase, dude. I don't want to hear that he revitalized Tannehill. Tannehill was able to escape Miami, so I don't want that guy.
1: No, no, I don't. I, no, I don't. I don't want him either. But you, mm-hmm. you, one thing you guys are missing is during that press conference. What, what I got out of that is I kind of understood why Jeff really loves Howie and I think the reason why Jeff is delusional as well because Jeff is a big analytics guy and if you listened to the way he explained Howie he consistently said have to look at the whole picture oh have to look at the whole picture so Howie could be feeding him these pie charts okay that and and let's remember something Jeffrey Lurie Listen, he's a he's a spoiled kid who got rich. He didn't build an empire. Okay? He wasn't like one of these guys who built a company from the ground up and you know and he hit on certain things. This this isn't a guy who who made his money. He was given money. Okay? So, we don't know when Howie Roseman is floating out there. He'd be coming up with these statistics and say, hey, Jeff, I understand we haven't hit a draft pick in the last couple of years, but if you look at the overall, Jeff kept saying that, look at the overall scheme. I could see Howie in there on a whiteboard saying, Jeff, I know we haven't hit on this, but, and he mentioned the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if you guys caught that. He mentioned Seattle. He said, well, if you look at the Seattle Seahawks, because that must be the moniker that Howie Roseman is using, and he's Showing it. And he's saying, Look at all the guys they missed on, Jeff. Look at these guys they missed on. And he's saying, Look, they've still been successful. They go up and down. He, listen, and he continued to say that. So that's how Howie Roseman is pulling the wool over Jeffrey Lurie. Because Jeffrey only knows, Jeff don't know football. He knows stats. That's it. You heard him. He was quick to say, Biggest record. We set records in the NFL this year for passing yards, for points scored. I won the lead off. That's all Jeff knows. He doesn't know numbers. He doesn't know talent evaluation. So so he's getting fed by Howie. And and and, he, and he's winning. Howie's winning. Howie is an evil genius. Think Mike. about it. I might not I might not be able to stand home. Howie
3: is a genius. He's going nowhere. I I'll go back to what Mike said. And and I don't think we missed anything because you're right, I believe Tom. I believe I'm not I when believe, I say you, I'm not talking about you. I'm no, no. just saying
1: in general. I, I think the stuff
3: right. I think the stuff that we've read or personally that I've read on social media, I think I've seen more people in disgust and pinpointed Howie Roseman than, than ever has been talked about before. Um here here first of all, if you choose to get the wool pull over your eyes, you will. Right? So that's that's what Jeffrey, he, he's in bed with this guy. He wants to defend him. So he's going to believe whatever he's selling him. But Mike brought up something a couple weeks ago. It's something that we touched on together. And it was the fact that when you go around the 32 other billionaires that own company, that company, and you're the stock of that particular group, that's when you figure out that, you know what, we need to make changes. And when you figure out when these professionals that you pointed out tony you sent a little video up of uh, what was his name jim trotter jim trotter excellent job by jim trotter and he does an excellent job um and he's pointing out that howie roseman is the problem and that you are going to have problems getting guys here and he says things out loud though like, well then howie roseman should be coaching the team there is no wool to be pulled over because that's what every Professional that knows football is saying the same thing throughout the country.
1: Good point. Sometimes, Good point. though, sometimes though, it doesn't matter, right? Think about this, guys. Think about this. And I, I don't want to make this a, a chauvinist uh, statement here, but I'll say, guys and girls alike, whoever's watching the show, we've all grown up and we've all had girlfriends or boyfriends where our friends or our parents have said. She's no good for you. He's no good for you. They told everybody's told you that she's no good for you. And you guess what? You still went with her because you, at the end of the day, you went with your gut. That's what you trusted at that time, because whatever bullshit she was feeding you at that time, you were buying in. This is what's going on right now, right? I mean, I, I don't know any other way, any, there's no other logic, for this to happen away. And that press conference just you could just tell. You could just tell Jeff. Jeff is so delusional about what's actually going on. He is. And his money. You're right. There's a common matter.
2: denominator with the love thing though, right? It's more emotional. Do you think maybe like people are get hooked on each other because your brain thinks in irrational ways and it confuses logic with love and emotion? Definitely a great point. I mean, don't talk about it enough, but what is? I mean, if you're, everything you're saying is right, which sure seems to be, what is this hook that he has with him? And don't you think that maybe, go back to what Dave had just picked. <laughs> yeah, exactly, what Rich said, probably. But don't you think that Lori Dave has other like, people around him? And I'm not just talking about other owners, but surely he has a network around him of all kinds of football people. And don't you think they're saying to him? What are you doing, man? Like, what are you, what are you doing with this guy?
3: Come on, they've got to be saying that. So, so Mike, when you are that powerful and have that much money, I don't think people tell you the truth. You're right. They just yes them. I Good think point. They kiss Good point, ass. there. Yeah, they kiss Like, them, you and I, we, we got into a little discussion with a, a media personality on Facebook, <laughs> and I fax, I said to him that stop kissing their ass. Yeah, exactly. Because, because ultimately, listen, fellas, and this is to all our fans that watch us, and I, I love every single one of them. listen to us, you know— but they're stealing our money. They're stealing our money and they're robbing us of a product and they're lying to us when Jeffrey Lurie sits here and tells us we want to be the gold standard. You're not the gold standard when you have a, a, an employee that for the last 10 years has been doing things, not a hundred percent positive for the, for the factory that 50% you chose to have. See, I disagree. I did, how uh, could you possibly disagree? Uh, here's how with, I disagree. with with the inept ability for from one person in this program.
1: Listen, this is how I disagree. I refuse to sit here and say that Jeffrey Lurie is stealing our money. And I'll tell you why. He's not the Miami Marlins, okay? Jeffrey Lurie, and I said this before on, on previous editions that. Just because they picked the wrong guys doesn't mean he's not willing to spend money, okay? He spent, he gave, listen, Jay, last year, the year before, we were all on Carson Wentz. We would have gave up the, nobody complained. Okay, for the most part, what they gave up to get Carson Wentz. Nobody really complained for the most part when they gave him that contract. There was a percentage, maybe about 10 to 15%, that all said, I'm not sold on him yet. You gave him too much money. But for the most part, Jeffrey did what we wanted him to do give me a franchise quarterback, right? That's what he did. Go out, build up the defense. Right? Howie, we want defense. Javon Hargrove, Le- Le- uh, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, trade for Darius Slay. We want an elite offense. Go draft Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. Lock up Brandon Brooks. Lock up Jason Kelsey. Lock up Lane Johnson. Well, I-, 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 I will not agree with anybody saying that he's stealing our money only because he's spending money. Stealing our money would be giving us an inferior product. Okay, knowingly. He's not knowingly giving you an inferior product. He's just incompetent, and he's just incompetent. And, right. just incompetent. It, it, and there's, exactly. I think
2: maybe what Dave meant to say was they're, they're just they, – they, they, they don't have a plan. They're just throwing anything at the wall, and, uh, and hopefully something sticks like it did in 2017. That's what they're doing. There's no thought process behind this. They're not putting people in here to put the real procedures in and the real processes in order to build a, a winning franchise. It's a complete joke. It's the laughing stock of the NFL, and you're right. I don't think he's purposely saying, oh, I'm just going to grab all the fans' money and just grab it and hoard it. I don't think he's going to say that at all. The guy's always spent money from day one. He's always spent. But, you know, even if he's not doing that, they're incompetent. And they so got one guy that's just selling him a bill of goods and selling him snake oil and just keeping yeah. him on the hook. You're and right. The guy
1: is a complete genius. And, and that's Dave, why before, you that's, say, before you say anything, I just want to allude to Albert's comment because I want to get your point on this after, that's after an your, important your first rebuttal. Because yeah. I love that. Because I'm watching that. I want to poke my eyes out when Howie's saying, oh, we have like eight GMs on this team. It should be GMs in the NFL. Like, all of a sudden, now we're a GM factory. Like, what is he talking about? And they all are 4 and and 1. Yeah, he maybe won. they should hire. Yeah, hire Press Taylor as the next yeah. GM. <laughs>
3: I mean, come on. God Give Dave, me I'm sorry. a joke. So, a so joke. Li- listen, I get that you're spending money.
2: Here's your you next GM. You, can,
3: you can't do that to me. You can't put his picture up. I'm sorry. I'm, I just totally lost the train. Yeah, it's the hard car, to
2: concentrate no. with that bonehead staring at you. I hear you.
3: <laughs> so... I understand your point of him spending money, but I go back to the one person that he's allowing to do this, and it's been 10 years worth of this guy, and and that's to me is why you're stealing money. When you put all your eggs in one basket and you give it this guy, like, like let's go back to the Redskins, Daniel Snyder spent money and he tried, so he wasn't stealing money. But the fact is that he also tried because he changed GMs when they didn't get it right.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. The everybody. St- everybody stole Snyder's money. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, right. Snyder tried, and he tried, and he changed GMs when they didn't get their shit together. That's a good point. We don't do that here. That's the problem. If Howie was true to his word that we're the gold standard, then you go out and get the gold standard GM. If that GM doesn't do the job, you go get another one that you think can do the job. So you who don't... was the GM
1: before Howie? Reed? Was it Andy Joe Reed? Joe Banner. Joe Banner Banner. Mm-hmm. But Dave, in Washington, wasn't that Bruce Allen?
3: Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the GM? Bruce Allen helped draft a lot of those defensive tackles.
1: Yeah, but didn't he have wasn't there some kind of didn't he have some kind of baggage? He got caught up in some kind of
3: He did some <laughs> things wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was like Jim Ursay out in Indianapolis doing Did he get c- rid of doing him? eight balls inside the club. <laughs> Did
3: he get rid of him?
2: Tony will always, but Tony will always remember the controversy associated with that coach or that player. Will bring it up. Hey, and yeah. he got busted for like his fifth DUI, like McNabb, yeah. driving down the street plastered.
1: Jim Ursay was doing eight G- balls during Jim- the draft. <laughs> At the draft.
3: Yeah, just, maybe Howard should up. hang out with him.
1: What's well, uh, We would have a good
3: time. Listen, uh, uh, he, got rid of, he, get, he got rid of Bruce Allen, though, correct?
1: Yes. But, yeah, I, but yeah, my, yeah, my point did. was, I think he had to get rid of him. He I don't think choice. he wanted to get rid of him. I think he had to get rid of him. Yeah, he went all wow. Marion Barry. Dude. He went off the chain. He, went off the oh, he got re,
3: reelected, Marion Barry. <laughs> yeah. Barry. Hey,
2: another, another genius. Howie was probably his campaign manager. He probably was. Look, end of the day, we got to live with Howie, all right? Uh, first thing to address, Tone, what would you do? What's the first thing that gets the Eagles back on the right? I mean, you're Howie. What do you do? Uh, let's just say you're competent, Howie, or Howie does whatever you tell him to do. What are you going to tell him to do? What's well,
1: order n- number one? Well, Dave, real fast, remember, you know, we, we we can't leave this guy out either, you know, because Washington, I mean, that no. was, you know, that that, no. that's, that was their head coach and Jay Gruden. So they got the wrong Gruden out there, <laughs> right? So you know, we're we're used to getting the wrong guy in Philadelphia. So finally, Daniel Snyder took the wrong guy in Jay Gruden out I, there, he but was a, he was a
2: bonehead.
1: But but honestly, Mike you know the the thing that's going to interest me is number one you, this this you have to figure out this is where i disagree about a quarterback competition you have to right now decide who you are rolling with because the draft is going to be built around that player The line is going to be built around that player. The culture is going to be built around that player. So you have to be all in with one of these guys. You have to. And that's why don't – and I'll tell you what. I hope I'm wrong, but don't give me – because, I, you know, and this is what's going to really turn me off, is if they hire a defensive coordinator before they hire a head coach. Because that's just going to show you right there that this is going to be a lame duck head coach that comes in here because he already does have a say on who he wants to pick with his staff. Okay, But I fully believe that you have to figure out is it Carson or is it Jalen. And I honestly think – and that's the other thing is why I had such an issue with the entire fourth quarter of the Nate Sudfeld effect. And, and you know what? Yeah, and I, I don't want to get long-winded on this, but I'm glad Mike asked me what I would do because it, it brought me in my mind that, you know, Jeffrey Lurie sitting at press conference talking about how great Nate Sudfeld was. We Oh, we watched Nate practice, and he was phenomenal. And we knew he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. So I asked the question, okay? My question is, it just, it, it fueled my point to if you know, if you sat there and had this, you said you and Doug had conversations about how great you knew Nate was on the practice field. Why'd you need to see him play? If, if you already know he's great, you say he's great, all of a sudden now he needs reps in, in week 17. Because he earned it? He earned to go into a a bullshit game? That's such a lame excuse. That just, again, that just showed how dysfunctional they were and how idiotic that decision was. Completely idiotic. Okay? If you want to give him a bone, you let him start that game. You say, we're rolling with Nate. Okay? We're going to let him go out in a blaze of glory. But you sat there and spent 10 minutes talking about how great of a quarterback he is. So, again, all bullshit. Again, that entire press conference was bullshit. But, Mike, to get back to your point, you pick the quarterback first, then you pick the coach, and you got to do it quick. We can't wait. You got to do it quick. This We can't be waiting on April. We can't be waiting on March. This has to happen now. You have to assemble your squad because – and we're still in COVID. We're still in pandemic world. So we don't know what this draft is going to look like. We don't know what this offseason is going to look like. So you need to get your plan in place right now, which is why I agree with whoever it was up top who said, uh, I think it was Al, who mentioned about Joe Banner saying, they already have a plan in place. They know who the coach is going to be. They know who they want it to be, I should say. Not necessarily that that means that person is going to want the job. But they know who it, they already have an option A and an option B. And they're going full in. So that's what Mike, me, it's quarterback. So I will go to you, John. I'll kick and punt to you. You're the you know, what's the first move that this team has to do right now going forward for two thousand and twenty one? I think
0: you go hard for B enemy. I really do. Wow. Either that I think Lincoln Riley's another experiment that it's gonna it'll be short lived, it's not gonna be effective and Three years later, we're still talking, uh, should we get rid of Howie? Should we get rid of the, the the coach? What's the problem? You know what I mean? So I think you go, look, you get Bien-Aimé, He's Mahomes is an, is a pure athlete, okay? But just the, the schemes that they run and just how they keep every – they keep every defense on their toes, like just with what they do and how many different plays they can run out of the different f- formations. And then you have Mahomes – you know who's a special athlete and passer, not just runner. But with Hertz's mobility, the enemy could run a very similar offense in Philadelphia. And you got to look at it's still a promotion and it's a big market team. All right, there's something to be said for that. You know, it's stepping stones like anyone through their career. You start at the bottom. You know, what I mean, you work your way up from, you know, line coach to the coordinator, and oftentimes the ultimate goal is head coach. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't get to walk into the ultimate situation. Like you're going to walk into a vacant uh, uh, Sean Payton role or, or up in Green Bay where you have all these studs, you know what I mean, and just a vacancy. So, I mean, I, I think the enemy would be a good fit. I don't know if they go after him that hard, but that's what I would do.
1: That's a good point. I, 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 you know, I didn't think of the enemy factor with looking at, you know, the offense that they run with Patrick Mahomes. They have the big tight end in Kelsey, which is, you know, again, I'm not saying Dallas Goddard is Travis Kelsey, but same kind of mold. Okay, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. Obviously, you got to get that speedster. They think it's Jalen Rager. I don't think it's Jalen Rager. But at the end of the day, they are built like that, Johnson. That's a good point. And, and one thing I will say to that perspective is. Maybe they do know. Maybe it is Bienemy. Maybe that's the guy they already know in their head. I, you know, I wouldn't hate it. I, I, I just, I just don't want to. I, I just hope that if it is Eric Bienemy, that we don't go through the same kind of culture. I want a different kind of coach. Uh, and, and I honestly think that you know seeing Bienemy on that team and he, he's got a voice. And I think he is gonna be the hard nosed guy to get up there in front of people and you know and, and call them out and tell them when, you know, the things need to change and not sugarcoat everything and everybody gets you know, not ask a question Do you want sprinkles on your ice cream cone like Doug Peterson, right? So I, I don't think he's that kind of guy. So I, I think that's a good point. Dave, what are you fixing first?
3: I uh, definitely has to be the coach. I think you, you allow the coach to pick who your quarterback's gonna be and to uh, John to your point. Thanks to Gina Marie, I have some uh, statistics on Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs' offense. If you so want to hear them, yeah. Did,
0: did she just telegraph them over? Did maybe. she send you a fax with the stats?
3: She did her homework last night for me, just to let you guys know. I love it. So, so this is from uh, Gigi, right Thanks, here. She's Gina. got, she's got Eric Bieniemy, current offensive coordinator for the Kansas Chief, City Chiefs, has one of the greatest offenses in NFL history. Chiefs offense was first in total yards per game with 415.8 this season under E.B. sixth in 2019 and first in 2018 and has led the NFL with 406.9 yards per game over the past three seasons. If 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 we get E.B., he could work with Wentz or even develop Hurts. He also played running back for the Eagles in 1999 under Andy Reid.
1: So, so let me so let me ask you though, Dave. And, yeah. uh, great stats, uh, and, you know. So as you continue to uh, pontificate on your point here, uh, <laughs> I'll use a Mikey miss word. Uh, but nice, nice, right? Yeah, you know, he gotta, you know, he likes that word. He likes pontificate. And he likes uh, what's the other word that Mikey miss always uses? Uh, acumen. A hole. Acumen. Oh. He That's loves it. acumen. Must be a lawyer term. Loves acumen. Uh, but right. I, I have to ask you this. So. What would you say is the reason why, if those stats are that ridiculously good, why is he not be considered as a head coach?
3: Because well, everybody knows right? that everybody knows that Andy Reid calls the plays.
1: Exactly. That, that's why. that's my point.
3: So, but here's the thing: you're, you're you're the pupil, you're the pupil to the teacher, and that that doesn't mean like I, I would be okay with with Eric Bieniemy because. I don't believe he would be a puppet. I believe he would come in and demand, because he already knows how to be successful. He's watched Andy Reid build a program from drafting offensive linemen to, to picking the right defensive coordinator to developing the, quarter, the young quarterback. So to, to John's point, out of all the candidates that have um, you know, a, a pedigree, if you will, or a background, He's played in the league, so that gets respect, number one, right up front from the men, right? He's been around a coach that has won a Super Bowl and has been successful, and he's been the second guy for the last several years upon this successful offense. So if you have any chance of a guy coming in here and putting Howie in his place and saying, look, I'm not coming in here not to be successful, you're going to give me the tools I need to get them. We're going to draft a certain way. If you want to hire me, this is how it's going to go. We're going to, we're going to draft this way. We're going to call the games this way. We're going to select this defensive coordinator because of this. He'll be prepared. Andy Reid got the job here from Jeffrey Lurie because he was the most prepared candidate. Eric Bennett Biennemi will be exactly that. So
1: That's a good point.
3: If you if you want me to tell you what we do first, you pick a coach, and I'm perfectly okay with Eric Bieniemy, and and that's how that's how things get done. So, l-
1: l- before I ask Googs here, I, I will ask you this because Andy Reid's not getting any younger. So my point is, one of two guys is going to be the heir apparent in Kansas City, and you know one of those guys is going to be the Josh McDaniels of Kansas City, right? It's gonna be Kafka or it's gonna be Biene. Uh so the the only reason why I would think maybe Bienemy doesn't go anywhere is maybe yo listen, I'll tell you what, if Kansas City wins this year, I think Andy Reid retires. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he hangs it up. Uh it's been a rough year for him. Uh you know, with all these protocols, he's not getting any younger. The dude gets two rings uh, listen, I'm just saying, I think that you know we we better not count our chickens before they're hatched, so to speak, with the Eric, Eric Biennium factor because I think Biennium is probably the better play uh, for Kansas City to take over for Andy Reid. So uh, that's why I just don't think he's going anywhere. What I don't do you
0: think Andy Reid's going anywhere.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, Andy Reid's had a rough life. You know, what happened to his son – uh, you know, and, and, and Andy Reid's an old school style coach in a sense that we, you know, no matter how much we killed Andy Reid for some of his decisions, that dude slept on an air mattress in a Care center uh, and barely had any sleep, which is probably why his health declined to the fact that he blew up like a balloon. OK, because I, I, I know he was eating a lot, but he wasn't getting a proper rest. He was an animal. And that works. and then his son, you know, we, we know what happened, well documented, sucks. you know, whenever he was a family member like that, you know he was challenging himself, saying, "I wasn't around enough, I wasn't involved." So I just think that eventually, as much nobody could coach forever. And I just think this kind of brings it all in perspective, that if they do win a ring, even though I don't think they will this year. But if they do, I think he could step away, and I think I could take Eric bien off the table. Just my thoughts. Uh, what do you think, Mike? What are you fixing first? It sounds like
2: – I mean, if I had to guess, it's pro- I think it's going to be Lincoln-Riley. I just think they're going to go in a different direction. Um, they already poached a coach from Kansas City before uh, with Peterson – And I know you sort of flipped it around when you had said that, you know, maybe Andy Reid kind of cuts him off and uh, says, look, you know, you kind of did dug dirty, but the flip side of that is maybe Jeffrey Lurie is like, you gave me this stiff? Howie won me my Super Bowl. This guy didn't do anything. Uh, It was Nick Foles that suggested the Philly. Who knows what goes on? We're all speculating and throwing these crazy theories out. So why don't we just throw this one out? I don't think they're going to go in the same direction. I think they're going to go back, and I think they're going to grab somebody that built something that had a lot of success in the in, in the college ranks. This is the new sexy pick. Remember when we got Chip Kelly? Remember everybody wanted to freak out? Whoa, we got Chip Kelly! It was such a big deal, and you know everybody was talking about the Eagles again. And I really think that image and how Jeffrey Lurie is perceived is really big for him. You know, when he when he signed Michael Vick, when Vick was going through all that trouble. Jeffrey Laurie was the guy that had the press conference with Vic and everybody deserves a second chance and you know Laurie likes to be that guy that's perceived as um you know generous, caring, very empathetic. Remember when uh, Chip Kelly was, you know, when he was released and he had that big conference saying you got to, you know, you got to open your hearts and emotional intelligence. He's always like that fixer, that guy that with all of the fluff. And I'm not saying that's not needed, but I just think I just think that he wants to be the center of attention. I don't like when other sports teams get the Eagles' attention because this is an Eagle city. Remember when the Phillies were just crushing it in the middle of that Phillies like you know our little mini dynasty that we had from you know two thousand and six all the way to two thousand and eleven right every nobody talked about the Eagles. it was all Phillies just Phillies, Phillies Phillies, 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 right, and the diehards that really love baseball. Uh, you know, and then really love football. There's a little bit of that internal struggle or that tension, uh, and 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 I think that they, you know, I think looking at the overall big picture, I think they want to. I think they want to make a splash. I think they want to make a splash, and I think Lincoln Riley is the splash. That's my guess.
1: I think you're right. I do. I, rich Rich Sexton says the Lord wants to make a splash. It's Hollywood.
2: It's Hollywood, I, baby. It's I, exactly rich. Now again, if they if they hire if I you know like I said, we wake up tomorrow and we see that Staley was hired, I would not be one bit surprised or shocked. Okay, because it just feels like every time they need to make a big decision, they just screw it up.
3: So
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it is true. So I'm going to say two things. One thing, and I want to give you guys throw a little curveball here and see what you guys think. So one thing I will say. Is I think that entire press conference alluded to Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, and, and again, just, just the way that Jeff was saw you you know Jeff is looking at guys like Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVeigh. He's looking around the league, he's looking at those quarterbacks, and he's saying, Wow, if I get one of these innovative thinkers again, but Yeah, he's dreaming I, right, but right, but 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 he's not gonna go to Chip Kelly route. He's saying to himself, I'm not giving him the power this time. I'm not putting baby in the corner, okay, like he did with Howie, like Chip did. I, I, I learned from that. But I still think that I could get an innovative thinker in here, bring him onto this culture, and have him succeed. I just don't know if Lincoln Riley, you know, gives up that Nick Saban kind of role he has. We talked about this with the Sixers. Why would Jay Wright want to leave Villanova? He's a god, do whatever he wants. Why would you, like, unless it's a challenge and maybe Lincoln Riley wants to be challenged and he has this guy in Jalen Hurts here. I don't know. Let me ask you guys this. Um, Kevin checking in, uh, uh, Danny Green ties Sixers record with nine threes tonight. Wow. That's a, a, a nice update. I know, I know Al and Andre were talking about that earlier. Said he was on fire tonight. So nice to see him get into, uh, into that realm because we talked about that on, on half court. heat. he just need to get his, his legs back. And I think he's getting them now, but let me ask you guys this. Cause I know I'm going to start it off and tell you who I would. So. You, we remember we've seen coaches in the NFL get traded for draft picks. We've seen it happen. So hypothetically, and I and I know that we 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 absolutely need all our draft picks. I know they're not going this route because you heard Jeffrey say we have to compile draft picks. What's again is what exactly what we talked about last week. Mike, you weren't here, but I alluded to the fact, and these guys agreed that. You know, with all these restructurings, uh, for especially a guy like Malik Jackson, I think symbols that Fletcher Cox is gone. Uh, You know, because I think these are the compiling of draft picks that Jeffrey Lurie is talking about. What can I get for Zach Ertz? What can I get? You know, for for, uh, you know Fletcher Cox? What can I get? What can I get for Carson Wentz? If if that if that gives me six picks, seven picks, I don't know a combination. That's how we start to rebuild. If there was one coach in the NFL, say, you know, let's just for the sake of it. Say you had an extra first round pick this year. Okay. You had the number six pick and you had the number 25 pick. And obviously you're going to keep the six pick and you're going to take hopefully a, a stud at any position. You could trade that number 25 pick for any coach presently in the NFL right now. Who are you bringing to the Philadelphia Eagles? Who is the guy that you want to be your coach for the next – and here's the catch. Jeffrey Lurie said two to three to five years. So let's do a five-year period. You're going to pick a guy who's going to be here for the next five years and rebuild this franchise. Who are you giving? Number 25. Goose, I'm going to go right to you. Who's the coach that you're bringing here for that number 25 pick? I can pick anybody I want. Anybody, any present coach right now. i take anybody. Sean Payton. Damn, we are on the same page, bro. Yeah,
2: I don't like the guy yeah, either. Me Trust too. me. I can't stand that ah, guy. I but I, I,
1: Trifecta.
2: I would, I would take Sean Payton. Me too. I mean, look, the, 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 the proof, right? The guy has all the proof there. Look what he did. Look what he yep. continues to do. Whether you like the guy or not, I think it's a no-brainer. And I'm very partial. To, I know Sean McVay hasn't done a lot. And I know you don't, you're not a big fan of him. I, li- I really like Sean McVay. I think, uh, I think he's going to be around for a while. He's a very innovative coach. Players seem to like him, and he seems to know what he's doing. He puts good people around him. So I, I like Sean McVay. But my first, my first pick would be, uh,
1: would, be, would be Peyton. I'm with you. I'm with you. John, are Peyton. you in the same? Yep. I, I, I love Sean Peyton. I do. I you know what you know what I love about Sean Payton is he's an innovative thinker, and he he allows himself to change within the times. And not only does he change, he's ahead of the curve, and, and that's what I love about him. You know, he was he was he was running the Sean McVay style offense before Sean McVay was even graduating high school. Yeah, it's crazy, right? You right? think about that. This was Sean Payton's game, and and if I'm not wasn't. Wasn't Sean Payton traded for? It, 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 I, I, for some reason, I swear Sean Payton uh, was. I gotta look that up, but I'm pretty sure Sean Payton. John, can you look that up for us? Was Sean Payton Did, did the New Orleans Saints trade for Sean
3: Payton? No. Think who who am I thinking was, of? John Gruden was traded. Maybe I'm thinking Fox. of
1: Gruden. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of Gruden. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with. I, I'm all in on Sean Payton, man. Dave. Who you trading for, man?
3: It's it's easy for me, um, and it's not Sean Payton. It'd be Mike Tomlin. Ooh, I'm gonna take Mike Tomlin every day. I like I think, Omar. I think I think uh, <laughs> I think Mike Tomlin is, uh, you know, good call. <laughs> a, a lot of things, a lot of things in the NFL, and I think he relates to the players well, and I think the players uh, love him. And I just I I honestly think that he's Top five, if not the top coach in the NFL. To be honest with you, and and I don't even mean wins and losses type of things. I just I think um, how he deals with the personalities and how he deals like on a professional level and and everything he does. I, I'm I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan.
0: You couldn't handle it, all all you Eagles fans, man. You wouldn't have a coach to to yell at.
3: Oh yeah. No, no. There's a difference. We, we don't sit back and not yell, John. We yell no matter what. We don't sit back and say, ah, oh, you know, you might be right. No, we 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 yell first and then prove us wrong.
0: Well, Tomlin has his his uh, down traits too. But they're I, they're I wasn't going to say I wasn't going to say Tomlin because I didn't want you guys getting any ideas. Yeah. Right. So I'm <laughs> I, take I, anybody I, I, at point. Up, I, for, for you guys, I think, I think Sean Payton's a good fit. For you guys. Yeah. For me, it's, it's Mike Tomlin. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, that's why. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, I, I've admired him from afar uh, for a long time. I think, I think he's uh, genuinely just a good human, and I think he's excellent for um, the NFL. Um, I, I, and I just admire his coaching style. I, I, I really do. I think that um, he, here's, here's what a true leader does to me. See, Sean Payton calls the plays, and he's very, very innovative, and and I personally don't like Sean Payton. Um, that's just my – I just don't like his style. I like Mike Tomlin because he allows his coaches to coach. He accepts the role as head coach. He's not a coordinator on the offense or the defense. He's a true head coach as far as that goes. And I think he's an excellent motivator. And I think he takes – he gets – Think about how many draft picks come into Pittsburgh, young players, and come and play immediately. That has a lot to do with the head coach and his confidence in playing these guys and developing these players a certain way. That's Mike Tomlin. That's exactly what our organization needs.
2: That's for sure.
1: No, you're right. Yeah, I, you know, I talked about that before. You need somebody that, that's willing to throw the gavel down when they have to. A guy that's going to make those tough decisions. And, he, you know, he does not want to be everybody's friend or he doesn't want to be Mr. Softy. Uh, you know, I, I get that 100%. Uh, Al says, what has Peyton done? He has only won Super Bowl, has lost a lot of playoff games, and his teams have been too good not to have more rings. Uh, number one, you have to at least get one. And what he's been able to do, uh, stand the test of time, in my opinion, through the trials and tribulations of the NFL, uh, you know, especially during that ravaged season with Hurricane Katrina, uh, you know, w- w- with that town, I, I just listen. If if he wouldn't have won one, be different. But he won one. It's ask it, it, any coach that not only is it hard to win one, but it's even harder to win two. Uh, you know, and that's what makes Michael Jordan better than LeBron James, Al, because he won six. How's that? So we'll talk about that on Sunday. I had to throw that one in there because I know you'll love that. But at, so, what, so what? Sean what,
3: Payton, the Sean Payton beat the Patriot or the Packer or uh, oh my God, Tampa Bay this weekend.
1: The Sean Payton beat the laser tag genius, yeah, head coach Bruce Arians for Tampa yeah. Bay.
3: <laughs>
2: Did you see I, it this weekend?
1: Yes, uh, Mike. When you texted me, I was like in and out, but I was I was like, what? Like it looked even bigger. It's now he has some kind of, of a yeah. Yes. He's got
2: some some sort of a device now strapped to his back. And I and, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm <laughs> saying to my wife, and I'm like, what What is this? She's like, Why are you so obsessed with it? I, mean, I just want to know what it is. I want to know why every other coach in the league doesn't have this. Nobody. And
0: now now it's getting bigger. Yes. But I think that was the upgraded model.
3: <laughs> he, he upgraded. That was like the one 5G version. one. Yeah, 5G. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it exactly.
1: Was like, it was like back in the day where you went from like the small cable receiver to like the DVR. Like all of a sudden now this dude, he's got a DVR strapped to his chest. Yeah,
2: he's wearing a bag phone on his back. It's like a cellular version of a bag phone. Seriously. I mean, do you ever see what the coaches wear? I know they wear, a, uh, they wear some sort of a, a transmitted device that clips onto their belt, and you can only see them from, I guess, their waist up. Are we sure that maybe he just—they're all wearing that, we just can't see it, and he just straps it on his back?
1: I, I don't know. Man. How do we that, find out?
2: We should email the uh, Bucks and find out what it is. We, we should just send them an email.
1: <laughs> we should. Man. We're
2: very we should. concerned about Coach Arians. We want to know if he's uh, – is that a uh, incendiary device or an explosive device on his back?
1: I'll re- yeah, I'll reach out to their PR department and say, we, 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 we have a problem here. Yeah, we want to know. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, 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 we want to set the record straight. That's all. Set the record straight.
0: Actually, you should see if um, if we could sponsor his uh, his thing. Get Heat Ratio Sports on that. Put a sticker yeah, well, on the back like of that. just want to know what device that is because uh, we would like to pay you for advertising.
2: That's not a bad idea. We should put Heat Ratio sticker on the back of that processor that he's wearing. Oh, that
1: would
0: be
2: wonderful.
1: That would be wonderful. <laughs> I would love it. I saw it
2: in the first person. I thought of was. Uh, I know. As soon as I got it, I was like, I texted oh, you. Man. I'm like, what the
1: hell? <sighs> I, Al, Al wants this Rams offense, man. He's Wentz would run that offense way better than Goff. Uh, you know, listen, the one thing I could say is, remember when we had all these disagreements of back and forth about who was better, Wentz or Goff, Wentz or Goff, who got of the course. better guy? Who knows now? I mean, who knows?
2: We were all saying Goff was a stiff. Yes, we were all, all saying of
3: us. everybody and, and I still
1: don't think he's very good.
3: I don't. Uh, I, th- I, think, I think Goff has had year after year better weapons around him than than uh, carson has i mean we can we can argue that point all you want you know tit for tat but I, that's just my opinion and in the, in the years that they've been in a league together um you look at rams offensive play uh players and you look at carson's players i believe that the rams have had better playmakers than carson
1: they have one hundred percent. I mean, but I w- go back to the draft picks. You know, I uh, you know the more I sit here and think about it, uh, I, again I'm not changing Sean Payton, but because just just for the uh, sake of argument, or well, we, we we got some time left here, uh you know I'll throw a sleeper out there to you know a guy who I gave no credit to whatsoever, uh and, and he's completely proved me wrong one hundred percent. Is Sean McDermott. And I I, yeah, I have to say it because, and it's more than what I see on the field. And and, and I, I'll tell you what, if, if you guys, anybody out there listening, if, if you haven't had a chance, uh, you know, I've been trying to reach out to certain reporters and, and, and I do one on one spotlight interviews with them from time to time. And, uh, you know, Alexa Ross is a Philly girl. She's a Philly native, temple owned, uh, covers the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I sat and had a, a 30 minute conversation with her of all the 20 minutes Bills, 10 minutes Eagles. And she took me inside of that Buffalo roster. Uh, you know, from GM to head coach to offensive coordinator to offensive line and the culture. And I say that word very strongly that Sean McDermott has built on that team. They are, you know, we see what's going on in the NBA right now with COVID regulations. We see what happened to guys like Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you know how much of an idiotic move that was. Your 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 coach, for Christ's sake, just be cancer has one of the most susceptible immune systems in the world, and you go out and you got to make it rain on a Friday night. Are you kidding me? You deserve to get trashed, okay? But you look at McDermott. How many issues has the Buffalo Bills had this year? Zero. They have been all good, and, and he has brought. You know, she made a good point, and if you give her a follow, uh, at Alexa Ross TV on Twitter, uh, she made a good point about Stephon Diggs, who Stephon Diggs was not talked about as a really good teammate, was not talked about in a good spotlight, and like she said, he's been a soldier. Uh, for for um, for McDermott out there in Buffalo, he's been a good soldier for Josh Allen, and he's probably the one that's been fueling this entire success they've had in 2020. So you know, my my point is, guys like that. I always thought McDermott was better suited to be a defensive coordinator. He was never going to be able to control an entire team. And you know, I you know, Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs, whatever you want to call him. I, I mean, he has just showed to me that he commands that presence. So uh, I would definitely trade my twenty fifth pick uh, for Sean McDermott if I had to. Uh, but let's talk about we got about fifteen minutes. <laughs> Remember left he was time. here; we
2: used to wreck him when he was oh. in the Eagles. We used to destroy him. Look oh, at his We used to call him Ron Howard. Him. <laughs> now he's like now he's like the he's like one of the greatest coaches in the league. We used to call him Ron. Look at this he, little Ron Howard look alike. He
1: he actually has a side profile Richie Cunningham. If you look at it, but um from happy days. But uh, but yeah, if you look dude, the next time you see a side profile, think of Richie Cunningham. I will yeah uh, and, uh, and Doug and, looks I, like the Fonz.
0: From, yes uh, Henry <laughs> Winkler
3: in the water boy with a tattoo on his ass. I played uh, against I played against Sean McDermott, Tony, in high school. Sean McDermott is a LaSalle kid. No kidding. He played, sa- he played safety he played safety for LaSalle. And he also was Mike Tomlin's roommate at William & Mary. Wow. I mm-hmm. did not
1: know that. How's that for trivia? Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they both played defensive back. I love but that. I, play, I played against him. At, uh, he was at LaSalle, and he was an excellent wrestler, and um, he played safety. He played defensive back at LaSalle, and, and I played for yeah. doctor. Yeah, uh, we played against each other.
1: Pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, see, I love hearing that kind of stuff because yeah, man, for it, sure. You know that that brings you back. It brings you back to you know just where these guys' roots are 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 grown, and mm-hmm. there is a ton of Philly roots out there,
3: man. Ton. Yeah, yeah. You know, Stef- uh, Stefanski, Stefanski, yeah. right now he's a St. Joe's prep guy, Penn guy. Uh, his dad was the Sixers' um, GM or Ed whatever. Stefanski. That's right. That's that's his father.
1: Absolutely.
3: So. Um, yeah, there's, lot, there's, lot there's a lot of, Philly, know that. lot of Philly roots. Andy Reid, obviously, we know. I would love Andy Reid to retire from head coaching and, and come back here as the GM for the Philadelphia Ooh. Eagles.
1: Uh, we, uh, be... if he, it, well, if he did, we still wouldn't get any linebackers.
3: <laughs> he did draft Jeremiah.
1: Yeah, he did, but he also drafted Andy Studebaker, too.
3: Studebaker?
1: <laughs> yeah. Who the hell? Go back. Andy Studebaker. He was he a stud. The... Yeah. <laughs> Quinton Caver. Quinton Caver. That's,
2: that's what I was going to say. Quinn Caver. That was like, that was he was a second rounder, wasn't he? Yeah, man. He was Barry, a second rounder.
3: Barry Gardner. Least, listen to me. At least he drafted him. This guy doesn't even draft him.
2: Yeah, at, at least he, you know, that's a good point, dude. At least he tried. Yeah. We're going to try to get a linebacker.
1: Yeah, just like Jeffrey tried to pay the right guys. Ah, uh, did like Jeffrey that try
3: it or had Howie try uh, it? Who,
1: who we give a credit <laughs> to? All uh, right, let yo let's let's swing real fast. We, we 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 listen. We're gonna end because we're gonna get to the music in about five minutes. Let's just talk real fast. Let's touch on you know what's left. I you know again, Dave. I gotta call you out, man. I gotta call you out because you were talking about. You know, you threw the group text about Cleveland, and I say, my boy Baker, the first he said, has nothing to do with Baker. Three turnovers. Well, last time I checked, that game in the second half had everything to do about Baker Mayfield being a disciplined quarterback and making plays and throws that he needed to make. So I think you need to give me a little love for my boy Baker. And I Al, that's see. right. You know Baker's my boy. John, shake your head. Come
3: on, man. You got to give Baker some love so, here. So this is – I will. I will. But at the point I told – it was 28 nothing, and Baker Mayfield didn't – he was five for six for 60 yards. Yes. And it was 28 nothing in the first quarter with three minutes left. That's why I said Baker had nothing to do with it. I know, but you, you didn't come back and give him any love afterwards either. So this is – I will give <laughs> Baker love right now. And and listen, I will go on the record when I, I say this, and, and you guys know this, I was on the board saying that they should have drafted Saquon. Uh, Saquon and then came back with the fourth pick and got Josh Allen, right? So but here's Baker Mayfield. The, the the maturation process of Baker has been phenomenal this year. Um but let's let's understand too. Baker Mayfield, and I'm not comparing this to Carson, but he's got an excellent offensive line and he's got two stud running backs. Two of them. And he's got an excellent tight end and an excellent wide out. So, but here's the deal. Baker has made plays with his legs and his arm, I don't think people realize how strong that little kid's arm is. He's not a he is Drew Brees with a stronger arm. That's that's what he proved to me in that game. And and down the stretch when he had to beat Baltimore, he beat Baltimore, right? So Yes. I'm anxious to see this game because I think if any team can knock off K C which I think obviously it's 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 an unbelievable task the running game of, of Cleveland and Baker try making throws when he needs to could possibly be the just a formula to take over K C. So um, Baker did it Baker has matured tremendously. So that's what I'll say about Baker.
1: He has. You're right. You're right. John your what doesn't
2: he right? have, though? What? What, what do doesn't mean? Baker Mayfield have this year that he had last
3: year? Apparently a home with all those Geico commercials. He lives in Cleveland Stadium.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I still think he may live there.
3: He doesn't have Odell Beckham.
2: He, right? Yeah, he doesn't have Odell Beckham. Imagine if they did have Odell Beckham because you saw what they looked like at the beginning of the year. But you know what? You know, he doesn't have the stiff of all stiffs, my, one of my favorite stiffs freddy kitchens calling
1: the shots dude i think we that need guy's a mess a celebrity death match between marty morningweg and freddy kitchens
3: <laughs> they might be the same people
1: i'm telling you was that the was that the all-time worst hire ever oh,
2: it was it was a pretty bad one it was a pretty bad one because now you see that team always had
1: you know, they had a lot of talent, man. They were picking in the first round for decades, you know. It's just like
2: sooner or later, somebody had to put it all together.
1: Oh, and by the way, we know who hired him, right?
4: Who? John Dorsey, thought-
1: who is here right now consulting Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah, Field you know what? That's,
2: that's something we didn't even talk about. That guy's been a colossal failure. Look what he did to the Browns and we brought him in, and he just came in quietly, and nobody said anything about this dude.
1: Yep, but he, he's our consultant. Yeah.
2: Maybe oh, they'll yeah. bring in Freddie Kitchens for an interview.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Freddie can run the offense. Good old mm-hmm. Freddie boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, John, you were shaking your head, man, when I started talking about Baker. Okay? You, you got help me out here. What's wrong? I know you don't have no love for Baker. He beat we, your boys. What are you going to do? I haven't had love for Baker before. I, did, I didn't have love. For, uh, <laughs> he, he,
0: can, he can play well. He does not show up for 16 games. If he has to make a clutch throw, I don't feel that he could do it. If he's under pressure, I don't feel that he can make the throws. If he has to come back in a game, I don't feel that he's a quarterback that can do it. That's my point. You put a quarterback up by 28 points, and do you see how wide open the guys were? The Steelers were without Joe Hayden. I'm not not making excuses. All right, and they ended up losing Highsmith. Uh, that wasn't that was after the 28 point um you know lead but they ended up losing bud dupree's replacement to an injury i'm saying they first game they haven't had a sack and i can't remember how long they was out there i mean baker was hitting guys there was nobody around him for like three four yards it's not like he was he was he was sneaking the ball in there and actually had something to play for he knew all he was playing relaxed and if he plays relaxed that's fine if it's a If it's a really crucial game, crunch time, I think he breaks. I don't think he he can do it. And that's my stance.
1: No. And until he proves me otherwise. You were right. I I can see it 100%.
0: He played great in some of those games. He impressed me with the comeback against Baltimore. But he can't consistently do it. Like, that's why – I mean, look, this game was an anomaly. All right, the Steelers didn't play. Cleveland showed up to play. But in general, all you have to do, it's almost like Brady. You have, But he can't play when he's getting pressure in his face. All right. And you can't let him roll out either because he'll, he'll beat you with his legs, no doubt. So you have to respect that. But that's, you know, the Steelers were built for that matchup with the two edge rushers. You know what I mean? That's the same reason why I'm, not, I'm not really afraid to play Lamar Jackson. He can't beat us with his arm, and as long as you can contain him to some extent, you're stopping you know, you keep them two ends to contain him inside. Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop the run. That's all it is. Pound it in your head. And typically the Steelers are built for that. But you know what I mean? That's that's where matchups come into play.
1: Now you're 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 hundred percent correct with that. Uh, Lamar Jackson Uh, You can say what you want, but in my opinion, he's regressed as a thrower. uh, And he is is 100% relegated to rushing the ball at at first sight. Last year, what made him so deadly was his pass-first mentality. Uh, Now, again, I don't know if that has to do with You know, the guy surrounding him with the trust that he has because at the beginning of the year, guys like Hollywood Brown were not getting open and were catching the ball. Mark Andrews had some drop problems. So I don't know if he decided, I just need to take over and now he can't get it out of his head. But he's not going to be able to rush for 137 yards every game. And they're gonna you know and, and not throw for one touchdown and maybe a hundred yards and then win it's just not gonna happen eventually it's going to change it's just 100% it's going to change not in the playoffs you cannot win like that in the playoffs uh, so let me ask you guys this uh, before we get out of here and, and get some music going with the games left I still feel in my opinion It's Green Bay and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Uh, So I'll just throw it out there. Dave, right now, you know, we're we're going into the championship, you know, divisional weekend. But who do you see? Is your original Super Bowl prediction before last weekend the same as it is right now?
3: Yeah. um, Now, I mean, I I got a heart one and I got a head one. (laughs) So what's uh, the heart? My heart is. I want to see Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. That's what I. That's that's what I want to see.
1: And what's your head say?
3: My head says it's going to be um, New Orleans, Ooh. And Kansas City. Wow!
1: You, so you think Sean Payton's going back to the big dance? Yes. I like. He will
3: lose by three touchdowns to the
1: Kansas Oh! oh, oh. So that offense gets you know. It, it's funny that you say that. Because when we were talking about this last week, and, 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 and it brings back a good point that I never brought up, but I think the wild card, you know, is a defensive coach in this entire playoffs, and that's Dennis Allen, who I've talked about before, uh, who has had a tremendous run as a defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, they they added a lot of pieces. I I, I know Alexander got hurt, but. Still, you know what he's been able to do out there with that secondary, with that defensive line, with that linebacker core. Uh, you know, he, he listen. If anybody can can contain Patrick Mahomes in a big game, it could be Dennis Allen. So uh, I do like that pick, and we obviously love Sean Payton, as you heard. So Mike, Super Bowl right now. What are you thinking, man? I like the uh, I like the Bills. Who are they playing?
2: I got to say Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I like it. Yeah,
2: I uh, I mean, I just I have to say Green Bay is coming out of the NFC, right? I mean, it just they just just look like the complete package. I don't know. I like I rather bet on Aaron Rodgers, than anybody else. Uh, I think that um, I don't think uh, I think Tom Brady is going to fizzle out we don't. But I, I just don't think that they're going to I don't think they're going to get there. I think you're going to see the Bills Somehow they're going to beat Kansas City, I guess. And they're gonna wind up playing the Packers. That's my pick.
1: I like it. I like it. John, what are you thinking, buddy? I don't even remember who I picked. Did we pick last week? No. No, I'm just no. I was just hypothetically thinking, you know, what you were going in, you know, has it changed. <laughs> that's all.
0: Oh no. No, I'm no. Still the one and two seeds out of both conferences. Um it's kind of even, even like betting odds. Like I keep slaying a little bit, you know. Thinking I was more on Buffalo a, a little bit before the uh, Indy game. I'm kind of leaning more towards KC now in the AFC, or not the Indy game. The, um, or yeah, they did play Indy mm-hmm. Buffalo, um, and I'm I'm kind of leaning New Orleans over Green Bay because I like their defense a little bit better.
3: New Orleans is more of a complete team than Green Bay is, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, better defense. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. Uh, I'll give you that, one hundred percent. I just think the numbers that Aaron Rodgers is putting up this year this is uh, crazy. It is. It it it, it 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 could be the best year of his career. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we and we all not, and I don't mean that on this show. I'm just saying we all kind of questioned. Is he going to be okay? I mean, is him and LaFour going to be able to get along? Is he worried about Jordan Love? You know, or Bryce? We had so many questions about Aaron Rodgers, and he just put them all to shame. I will say this, and Dave will like this. You know, it is a big difference when you have a guy like Devontae Adams that you get to throw to that just gets open on command. This is true. That dude just gets oh, And, and you know, and we did see that here. When we brought in T.O., and uh, you know, and McNabb just went ape shit. Yeah, and you know what? What that connection could have been for years to come. I just, uh, I kick it over. But Dave, you mentioned before we get to the music. I, you know, I, you know, I, I started off with some Jigsaw Chronicles talking about the lunch meat counter. You, you mentioned you may have had something. And it has to come up with the show because I know you were fired up about the Eagles, and we and we got to that just just kind of off topic. What what was uh, what was your 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 uh, scenario to get brewing over there?
3: Ah, uh, my wife had us going out shopping for furniture, and, oh. and w- when we shop for furniture, it is um, we don't shop new furniture because I'm a guy that doesn't like new furniture because it's all it's not real wood. It's it's ah. Put together seventy-four pieces. You're like my so, father-in-law. So I, I'm a guy that likes old furniture, and she's okay with painting, and and we okay. re, we we refinish. So the boys needed new furniture. Well, that turned into like the a, a giant fight, and we <laughs> bought we bought furniture, and then and then it was six pieces of furniture, and then we painted it over the weekend and then it was she bought the wrong paint and there was a i didn't know sean wanted blue on his it's not supposed to be blue and it was uh, it was a huge uh battle between her and i and it was all over furniture and redoing furniture and and it was it was unbelievable at the end of the day it 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 was great for the kids and it worked out and it, it was done well so but it was such a it was like a wrestling match it was unbelievable
1: I'll tell you, man, I I hate furniture shopping. I I don't think there's anything I hate. And you know what I hate? I'm that guy. Listen, for anybody listening, if you are a furniture salesman, if I walk in the door and you're up my ass, bro, forget it. I'm out. Okay? So, like, do not follow me around. Do not ask me, can I, listen, can I help you? Just browsing. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. My name's John. Need me? Give me a call. No problem John I'll come get you if I need you I don't need to be see you lurking behind the, the palm tree I don't need you to, you know and you see it too they lurk and then they and then when you make eye contact with them they act like oh man just see me let me act like I'm, I'm polishing off the table or something like 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 idiots like stop stop if I want to buy something I'll buy it but it, it's just I it's excruciating I I went out and I bought new furniture and uh, it, lo, a love seat and a sofa and I swear to God I might as well just went out and bought a maserati like for <laughs> real like it was like I had to look at every goddamn pattern every color let's sit on like I don't really care and the whole thing is like I'm being honest I don't care I'm gonna fall asleep on it right <laughs> I, I'm gonna I don't even care like it doesn't matter well what what color are you like I don't know well, well what do you think uh, how about blue? Why well, do I really don't like blue? Then what the hell did you ask me for? Why am I even saying anything? Like it's like ah, oh, I feel you, Dave. I do. Uh-huh. I feel. It. I hate going furniture shopping. I I just got a new bed about six months ago, and that was that that was a, a horrific experience. It's Let me like tell you. It's like It is. It is, and I don't feel right, dudes. Like lay on the bed. I, I no. I don't. I don't like. I, I don't feel right. Like number one, it's COVID. Uh, you just wrap me up in a big Trojan, then, and throw me on a bed because I don't want no, no kind of germs on me whatsoever. You know what I mean? But you want me to feel the bed? I don't want to feel the bed. I don't really. And they're like, well, what do you think? I'm like, let her lay on it. She's the one with the bad back, not me. I could fall asleep like like in Never- National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, you know, like a dump truck going through a nice uh, a, a nice crystalline plant. I could fall asleep through anything. It could be freaking Iraq outside. I'm falling asleep. doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, I, listen, the whole experience. I wish I could sit in my house, order everything on a computer, have it delivered, and be done. I don't want to go anywhere for that kind of stuff. Zero. <laughs> but well said. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I we'll just end it at that. Uh, as you can see, the littlest topics turn into, as I call them, jigsaw chronicles. I just can't. I can't help myself. I, I can't I can't wait. I already I already have the next four shows of the things I want to start off and talk about because there's something that's been brewing in my mind for months. I can't wait to bring it up on this show. But let's let, let let's get into music. Okay, we end this show. We're at the two hour limit. We said this was gonna be a two hour show, and I think actually this was a very calm two hours, uh, which I enjoyed. I think we got a lot of great points, a lot of great interaction. Uh, you know, it was great. Listen, this is going to, we're gonna be going through this for the next four to five months. Uh, so get used to it, everybody. This is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, luckily, we have the Sixers playing well, uh, even though they're not winning. Uh, they beat they're, the they're, Heat tonight. Yeah, yeah I, listen, yeah, they beat the Heat. The last two games are were a joke, uh, but we were able to see the young kids play, which is good. Uh, that's what it's all about right now. But, John, did you move the CD rack closer to you?
0: Um, right, you there.
1: have it close again. Yeah,
2: I didn't see it back there. I was curious.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, last week, Mike, you moved it closer to him. So uh, we had some interesting picks last week, Mike. So uh, Al's already in there. He's got three fifteen. Uh, I, I I am. I'm going to go with. I like to say days where rack. I'm going to go with the rack. I'm going to go. I want to go big today. I want to go. He's going big. Uh, let, let Let's go two thirty. Two thirty. I'm going. Big, all right. So the who big was rack. the first one? Al three fifteen.
0: All right. We got some naughty by nature.
1: Yo, that is that Pro- poverty's paradise. What one is that? That's not nineteen
0: ninety three. I don't. I uh, don't recognize that Hol- one.
1: Holiday. Holiday. Mm-hmm. Naughty by nature. One of the most underrated rappers of all time. No, I, I, oh yeah, I, this is 1999. No one really, really. Yes, <coughs> yes, huge hits, bro. Huge hits.
2: Nothing was bigger than OPP. That was that was
1: the biggest. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uptown Anthem. Uptown Anthem, Anthem was soundtrack. good.
2: Uptown Anthem was my favorite from the Juice soundtrack. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For the hardcore guys. I mean, I. I but at the commercial, the OPP went crazy. Feel my flow went, went was Feel pretty big. Feel my
1: flow. That that beat. That was a sick beat, but that, but my favorite was "Everything's Going to Be All Right." Another
2: one that was huge.
1: Remember the beginning of that? Remember, doctor, doctor, <laughs> another oh, yeah. ghetto bastard. That's right. Another. That's right. Oh, it was a great, a great song, man. Great song, man. Great. Uptown, Uptown yeah. anthem was was fantastic. Still listen to that? Yes, Naughty Naughty's uh, Naughty's on the uh, on, on on the repeat on plenty of my Spotify playlists. I can tell that,
2: you that the soundtrack for Juice was. But it's up there with the soundtrack from New Jack City.
1: Yes. Yeah. That yes. was when, you know, soundtracks were huge. Remember, Dead Presidents, that soundtrack mm-hmm. was tremendous, right? Uh, you know, you had a lot of t- uh, great soundtracks back in the day. Dead Presidents, uh, yeah. Dead Presidents. Uh, by the way, I just got my media passes for the, um, uh, I'm getting an interview with Wendy Williams and Salt Pepper this week. So, No should kidding. Be, yeah, on Thursday. Should, virtual, obviously. Uh, should be interesting. They're coming in. I'll tell you what, Wendy Williams documentary coming out. Check it out. Um, it's good, which is great being on the press list now. I, I get everything before it comes out, so I literally watched them both already. Uh, they give you passwords. It's pretty neat, man. You go in there, they give you passwords, so only you're allowed to view it. Uh, but really, really good documentary coming up. That's
2: pretty amazing. Congrats, man. That's yeah, great. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. That's, that's fun. I, it's, that's I did fun. want to reach out and ask you something because um, – and i texted you this other day i think i did you may have missed yes, it though I- but I, I actually have connected with somebody a, f- a friend of mine knows uh, scott storage pretty well oh, yes. so i'm going to float something out there that if he can get in touch with my publicist tony yeah. and uh, see if you can um see if you can have him you know kind of dial in or be a guest
1: oh dude that would be fantastic
2: yeah he would be amazing he's actually doing a comeback now so he's getting back into producing. He's like really getting back there. So, you know, if he wants to get on with you know some really uh, big fans of his music and um, just you know ask him some questions and just yeah. kind of see what he's up to, man, it would be really cool.
1: Yeah, that 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 would be tremendous. Uh, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes, whatever. I, I here's the thing: we would probably bring him on for fifteen minutes, but I think he would be impressed by all, our our music encyclopedia in our minds. Yeah, Uh, that this would probably go on for hours, (laughs) right?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once when we first start with him. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, again, I dug further into him. He's just he has so many his work is is, there's just so much of this stuff that you would hear and you would never have known it was him behind those beats.
1: No, no, not at all. Al Rich. Thanks, man. You congrats. I appreciate it. Yeah. Bust my ass every day trying to get these opportunities. I'll tell you what. It ain't easy, but it's it's fun. It's fun, man. It's fun. What's that Wendy name? Williams? She was on Power 99. She was great. Yeah. Like Wendy. That's Williams. how I
2: remember Wendy Williams. Well,
1: well this is her her documentary. It's called What a Mess. Like uh, you know, she's she is a mess right now. Yeah, right now her, she is. Yeah, yeah, for her divorce, but she, was there anybody bigger than Wendy Williams? Not in Philadelphia. No. She's the biggest. At Power 99 Wendy Williams, man. That that was it. it you mm. know, Wendy was she was the queen. Uh, She was a queen of radio. She was a queen of entertainment, especially in Philadelphia. So uh, it's amazing, man. Amazing. John, what's my pick? What did I get for 230? Make me say, uh. uh, Oh, Master P. (laughs) Wait. What am I thinking of? Hold on for a second. I heard. Oh, Master P. Never got into Master P. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, he was. Interesting, right? Interesting individual, hootie Who. I mean, he had like the you know the Master P, you know the militia. But he wants to uh, to, something with Allen Iverson. There's a connection I read about Master P and Allen Iverson. Master P was buying. I I I gotta figure it out. Uh, You know, as we do some of the next elections, but he's doing something with AI. Uh, You know, he wants to make AI like the you know his shoe. Or I think he's buying Reebok. Master P was buying Reebok. I heard about I heard about something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, Master P. It, it, uh, yes, he's bought. Is looking to buy Reebok. All right, you remember that song? What's that, Mike? What was that? Oh, uh, listen. Oh yes, I like that beat, man.
2: Of course you do. Who did it?
1: It's Scott Storch. Yep. I love that beat, man. Scott Storch did it. it, it
2: when you I, dig into him you'll 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 read the track that he did and you'll you can immediately hear the connection between his work that was so tied in with that Dre 2001 chronic sound you could pick out his stuff from
1: a mile away. And that's why I would I just to, just to answer questions like you know how do you even formulate a beat how do you even come up and like just to, it, 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 just to pick his mind would be amazing.
2: Just watch some YouTube videos. you see him in the, in the studio and he's just sitting there and he's just rolling him up and he's smoking and he's just banging out the keyboard and he's just he's just playing. The guy just plays. he's just throwing stuff out. It's, it's amazing just to watch him work. It's crazy. I, he must well, get so zoned out. He just he starts creating <laughs> these crazy
1: sounds. It's amazing. I know, man. Uh, I mean, That guy's a it. genius. Yeah, the, you, you watched, I mean, that 8 Mile movie with, with Eminem. I mean, that shit was legit. I mean, dudes writing on napkins and, and papers on a I mean, a, a lyrical genius, man. Lyrical genius. Uh, say it all the time. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, that would be amazing. If we could make that happen, that would be fantastic. John, I got a 222. Two oh triple twos.
2: Give me the triple
1: twos. And then you got a two eleven here for Rich. So when you're in a two rack, you can hook Rich up with a two eleven. One and seven on the undercover cop. I'd love cover. to ask
2: Scott Storch what happened with Nicky Hill he was, and all was that? tied Whoa. up with two eleven. Yeah, that was he was all tied up with Nikki Hill yeah, and the Hilton oh sisters
1: and he was all in that. Man. Whatever, where where's Paris Hilton go, man? I haven't heard her. Who knows? In a long time. All night right in Paris. Yeah, we got
0: House of Pain.
1: <laughs> Yo, is that Shamrocks and Shenanigans?
0: No, no. Same as it ever was. So, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, didn't I was get big anything. into House of Pain. Oh, oh well, yeah. So
1: was I. But after yeah. the first album, I kind of like. Eh. Shamrocks yeah. and Shenanigans was was the best. Ba- remember Everlast. The lead singer, Everlast, don't know when he came out. He had that one song. That was it. One hit wonder. Then he went bye bye. gone. They, they used to call me Everlast in college. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. See, we found something new. We got to call John Everlast. So next <laughs> week, change that John Coker to Everlast. Mm-hmm.
3: John right. Everlast. Then this Coker.
0: one, this is, uh, this is pushing. West Coast Bad Boys 2. Dedicated to Tupac Machiavelli Shakur. And this is uh Master P presents.
1: Master that 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 looks like one of those mix CDs, man. Yeah, dumb I used to I used to get those hot 97s. I used to go to the flea market and do like he was selling like gold. Like you'd be looking that was when sample was big. He's walking around. You'd be like, yo, you looking for a CD, man? Like, yeah, you open up his trench coat, yeah, like <laughs> on hot nine sevens. Like, yo, here's five bucks. You get a couple oh. of that, You were out, man. It was great. That's, oh, man. They, they were the best. They were the absolute best. A lot of, lot of hot nine sevens for me. Dave, what do you got? Uh,
3: what was Steve Austin's number? 316.
1: 316 said, I just whooped your ass. That's right.
3: <laughs> what do we got for Steve Austin?
1: I love Stone Cold stone stone cold stone cold that were that, that was when wrestling was good uh uh classic album what
3: the hell tupac is
1: tupac ah oh, there you go what's the name of that album john
0: <laughs> strictly for my
1: yep and that's a, i get around is on that yep. on that album uh and that that is a great album
0: right that was there. one of the I'm not one of the first C. I don't know one of the first CDs though. Yep. I can, you know what I mean? That I can remember just jamming out to over and over.
1: Ah, uh, I, I, you know what? Tupac was, and there's there a, a a couple guys I remember that had such a unique voice and a mm-hmm. unique sound. And I know everybody talks about Biggie, but no, nah, it was Biggie didn't have Biggie was listen great one of one of the goats right but tupac was unique his sound he was like there was a couple guys you had tupac you had noriega so if anybody can go back and listen to some hardcore component noriega you know the the war report for tremendous album but noriega right he had that sound in his voice uh no there wasn't method man we talked about Will on his show, had that sound. So Tupac, to me, was the first guy who had that that unique sound in his voice. And, and he could bring it, man. That dude was... I, he He brought it. And one thing that people forget is Tupac was a storyteller. He wasn't just a rapper. There's a reason why he came out with that book. Yeah, the poetry of Tupac, right? The, the Psalms of Tupac. He had, he had poetry written. This dude was a storyteller, man. And, and a lot of people forget about that. Everybody poetic talks about justice. It, right? Yes, poetic justice. Wow, great movie. Man, now you brought up one of my all-time crosses to Janet Jackson. Woo! Man. Janet, don't get him started. Don't get me started, man. I got to go to bed soon. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Janet. Janet was one of my faves, man. But that was Beautiful. a great movie great movie uh well but but again C- Capone Noriega I, I don't think th- that's another group that's why I cannot wait we, we Mike me and you talked about it you know I'd love we, we, we a music show must happen and I and we're all busy and I'm not saying weekly but even we do something monthly uh because I, I'll tell you and, and again this is All four of us, the the music knowledge that we can drop and I'd love to get everybody because there's so many albums that people forget about. You know, because I, I was that kid who went to Tower Records every Friday night and went through every single single The Alcoholics uh, artifacts, Group Home, I get OC. I, I mean, I can tell you people that people even forget about. Uh, be, because, and then when you hear it, you're like, oh, my God, it's my world. I won't stop. I mean, th- th- songs that people just forget about until they hear. So uh, I was a big Noriega fan. Mike, were you a Nori guy? I was a huge Nori guy.
2: S- somewhat. N-O-R-E, uh, that album that came out, I really oh. like that. I didn't, I didn't get past that one, but that
1: was really good. Did you did you listen to Capone and Noriega, though? A little bit, not okay. as much as I should have. I think. Yeah, they they they. Uh, and again, my, my my buddy Jeff, who Jeff Itoirov, you, you you follow him at Audio Assassin. He does all his own beats. Actually, does a beat for this show. Uh, you know, we, we we do a beat, not the the cameo in the beginning, but when you listen back, the ending beat that is his beat. But he brought me him and my boy Eddie, man, uh, Blase Blase uh, groups that people forget about Group Home. Living Proof, man. That song is still on my track on my playlist every single day. You remember that song? Nope. You don't remember? Mm-hmm. So, so when you get a chance, nope. group home Live and Proof. Check that song out. And one of my all-time favorites was Dwick. Uh, oh, uh
2: okay, that's a Dwick's a classic.
1: Man. Yes, you know we you, you, listen, nice and smooth. Remember Greg Nice? There were some times around slow, some times around quick. Mm-hmm. I mean that again the, these are the these are the things that we have to do man because we, we, we got to dedicate shows and I'll tell you what Mike, you, you I won't get long with we got to go but I will say this if if we can make something happen uh, even if I can start bringing some independent artists on this show uh you know from all genres of music and and, and to pick their brains about you know, what What their R&B tracks are, whether it be alternative rock, whether it be country, I don't care. Whoever it is, just you know, drop some knowledge on us and, and bring us into the game. I, I think it would be pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely. And um, just a little fun fact before we go. The Wick video,
2: believe it or not, it's on YouTube, was filmed on the Atlantic City Boardwalk.
1: I, You know what? I was going to answer that. I was pretty sure that happened. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty sure it happened. Yeah. It's man. it's
2: actually just look at it on YouTube. It's so dated. It's from not, what? What? 92
1: 1992 yeah yeah uh al says what what that, that's on that Nori out. What, what, what? Yeah, you that was the
2: one. That the was helicopter. that was the album. Nori, yeah, you right. You hear the helicopter. The General background. Noriega, we've captured Nori. Yeah. Remember that little shit at the <laughs> beginning of the song? And yep. then that crazy beat that would come in? Yep. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Nori, Nori was the cameo guy. Remember, like he did the... Everybody wanted Nori on their tracks, just like everybody wanted Ja Rule. Everybody wanted Ja Rule on their tracks, right? You know, it, you know when he came out with... What was that album? Venti, Venti, Venti? Um, uh, with, with, with holla holla on it with Irv Gotti Murder Inc. I mean that was that was when Ja Rule came out and everybody was all over Ja Rule and then he just kind of went crazy. Uh, but, yeah, he, uh, he went he went crazy and then he got caught up in that uh, Firefly thing with that concert where they all got sued. You know, he was, yes. he was involved in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, wait. I'll tell you a really fun story. Remember MTV Cribs? All right, MTV Cribs, right? So do you guys know that Ja got arrested? Because he broke into somebody's house, and I'm telling you, you got to check it out. He broke into somebody's house <laughs> and, and, and act like it was his crib on live oh. TV. And if you go back and you watch it, he's like, you know how they would walk through the house? Yeah. The cat's going, yeah, that's um, yeah, the bathroom's over. Like he didn't even know where his <laughs> shit was. It was hilarious, that's and it so came awesome. out that somebody was was like, "Wait, that's my house. They're my cars," <laughs> and like he was literally on cribs in somebody else's joint, man. It's crazy, I crazy. See, so. Theaters. Nobody, nobody, who would ever do that would happen, right? I have to check that out. Yeah, check that out. Google that. It's it's a real story. It's true. Uh, But anyway, man, two hours and 20 minutes. This is what happens when we start talking music. That's why we must do a music show. We will get that going. I promise. Remember, six days a week. We are at six days a week on Heat Ratio Sports. Check us out. We have hockey show going Uh, On Thursday's Flyer and Ice, we got the debut of the college flashpoint coming on Friday, where we talk. All things college football, basketball, baseball, softball. That's our man Jamar. We'll be running that. It's Dan Green and Vance doing the Thursday Flyer and Ice Show. Wednesday, the Fancy Firebox. Tuesday, Heat Ratio Live. Monday, next week, the debut of a golf show. Fairway to Heaven will be hosted by our boy Jason Sullivan and Phil Stifle. And all we need uh, to go with our Sunday half-court heat with me, Andre, and Al is a a Saturday show, and we are complete. We're looking for a baseball guy. If anybody would like to do a baseball show, we will give you the platform, give you the tools, and we are going to be with you seven days a week. So, as always, Pittsburgh John John Coker, Coach Dave Dixon, Mikey Goose, Tony Diggs, at Heat Ratio Sports. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. Catch you next week. Peace.